the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 283 Breakdown, with special guest co-host Lou Betya. We broke down the card from top to bottom, and well, we had a fun time going deep on this one, folks, so strap in. Mr. Wayne's World counting, but we're live. What's up, my friends? This is Dan Tom, and I'm the host of the Protect Your Neck podcast, where we break down high-level MMA, but in a slightly different way. Of course, I got to have a co-host for a pay-per-view show. Try to get one on, on, on the front end, on the back end. I don't know about a recap show. I'll be recapping next week with heavy hands. I'll be going live with Ant Walker during the fight. More on that later, but right now, we got to preview the damn thing. So I brought on at Lou Betya, uh, one of one of one of many characters out there in the Twitter space, MMA gambling, MMA Twitter, however you want to classify it. Uh, he's a dude who uh, I like the cut of his jib, uh, you know, sexually or non-sexually. You guys could take it however you want. It's a crazy show, man. But no, honestly, it, it's it's a pleasure. This guy's really funny, and uh, you know, he actually uh, you know does a bit of the betting in the MMA, you could say. So, and he did well last week. What's up, Lou? I definitely do a little bit of the betting. Uh, I'll say that. Thanks for having me on the show. Probably long overdue for the two of us to get together. Even though we're doing a prop, we're doing the prop show in a few weeks. Uh, banger card, first card in Brazil in years, especially with a crowd. I am excited. I'm sure, people are excited. I know you're excited. Let's go, man. Dude, Let he's... us go. I did the prop show earlier. Now I get the full card breakdown. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited too because uh, uh you know th- those tidbits props and whatnot uh, that's something that I like it's usually the last to kind of trickle down as it probably should be those are like you know the bonus ends what whatever your however lax or in depth you like to take your research usually at the end you find some nice props there that's usually where I'm looking for my round robins which of course as you guys can guess I'm still constructing as of the show so we'll see if Lou can help me as we go here. Uh, of course, before we get to the breakdown, which check the timestamps. What's up, buddy? What can, is that? If you can see my nonsense, and I don't think you can on this thing. No, it's looking like I literally a... have a, sh- a shit ton of round robins already. For a second, I thought Powder was my co-host. That's right, folks. A lot of obscure movies from the '90s and even further will be referenced. So stay tuned. I I remember that movie. Unfortunately, I am too. I am old enough to know that movie. I am. Yeah, I I am old enough to know that movie and remember thinking that. The uh, blue circular sunglasses were cool, though I will say stuff like that seems to be coming back in the style. You see what Figueredo was rocking this week with the chains. Oh, yeah. I can't hate it. Is this one of the few times you've ever had a co-host that was older than you? This is, yeah, I know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I uh, I got a reference that's older than me later, and I'm like, sweet. I Maybe maybe at least one person will get it, and I won't feel alone in the room here. So, I, I again, I'm very excited. Not to be ageist. Not to come off in a negative, take it in the spirit that it's meant, Lou. Uh, but I'm happy to have uh, happy to have someone at least my age to co-host with, which is great too, because there's a lot of youngsters already, in this game. I already chased those kids off my lawn. That's right. Get that's off right. my lawn. And, and we don't hate the young the, the youngsters either. Obviously, this is a young man's game that we're breaking down here. Um, Tell just me about it. just just some house cleaning. I want to do some shout outs. By the way, um, 
Lou, also uh, founder at the MMA-Engine with an E and co-host of the MMA Happy Hour. Again, follow him. You can see his, uh, if you're on YouTube, thanks, by the way, like the video, subscribe. Um, you can follow him there on his name tag, at Lou Betya, and uh, that works as a Twitter name tag for me as well, at DanTomMMA. It's where I'm most active. Um, you know, and you know, you could try to stalk me. I'm most not active at the other places really much to be honest. Um, so let's get to business. We got plenty of people in the chat. Want to do some house cleaning, uh, get some shouts, touch on a topic, recap, and we'll be breaking down the fight card. It'll go in that order. Again, if you're listening to the future, check the show notes for timestamps. Don't have those now because we are recording in real time. Uh, we got Rain Lamina in the chat. We got Rob G, Samuel Negrete. Uh, I saw the chronic combat combat guys poking around. I know uh, I know Lou's been on that show. Again, we got a, we got a nice fine community. Uh, we got Barton in the chat. James Kendrick, um, awesome, awesome, good stuff. Synchro Wing says hello, Lou. Got some Lou fans in the house, so uh, good to see my man Ghost Phantom in the house as well. Um, who's commenting on the look I just talked about? He he says Ghost Phantom Figgy adopted Captain. Captain Eric Al-Bahassin's look, even with the glasses, though, he wasn't even at fight ready this year. Yeah, we'll talk about that, uh, the lack of fight ready, which I'm glad you confirmed that. Ghost Phantom, by the way, Louie, train, trains there, I believe. I don't want to out you too much, Ghost Phantom. But yeah, I did not see Figgy training there. That, that We'll get to that fight more in depth uh, in depth later. But uh, thanks for giving me and Lou love in the chat. Apologies um, if I don't get to you guys as much. We got a lot to cram in today. So... Um, Lou, with no further ado, just, just a quick housekeeping note at the top. I forgot to mention on last week's episode, I have it pinned on my profile still on Twitter at DanTomMMA. Um, I did like prospects to, to look out for in 2023 and I did 23 of them and you, I still am short, you know, a, a bunch because you can never please anybody on that list or everybody I should say. But uh, I will say those are a strong list of names that I would stand by on. So whether you're a technical nerd like me or like most of you who are here for the show, you're here for the gambling aspect, um, I think that's good too because you can kind of see, you know, does it mean they're going to pan out? No, uh, you know, uh, but you can see who people, you know, uh, like myself and others in the space, who we're kind of looking out for, you know, especially those of you who like to grab the early lines. I'm not a CLV guy. I don't know about you, Lou. But, you know, those of you who like to get the lines early and, and, and be on the know of who's up and coming, um, please check that out. Lou, are you a CLV guy, by the way? I'm not, but, I mean, I am in other sports. But one of the things that, like, that I've learned over the multitude of years of gambling is unless I feel so strongly about a, a fight, I'm in a community where there's tons of people that are super intelligent that see things from a different perspective. Like I'll, I'll just shout out one of my guys, like in our company, Uncle Weezy. Uncle Weezy approaches from a far more analytical perspective than I do. I'm more like logician. Like I think this is the fight script. I think this is how it's going to play out, and I let that dictate my plays. Weezy is, but Weezy see th sees things that I don't. So like Narco Cops, another guy, like I respect his breakdowns immensely, the, the deep dives he does. If I'm in a community with super smart people that know this game really well, it behooves me to take in all the information I can during the week sure. to learn to learn from other people, say like, hey, did you see this? Like, did you see that? Like, and, and really, and then, you know, I, I do the best with the information that I can do. It's like anything else in life, like be prepared with the more information. If, if I don't beat an opening line, Contender Series is a little different because the lines swing so quick yeah. like in the span of an hour or two. Yeah. But for the most part, if I lose 10, 15 cents here on a bet, I know like there's a whole pick winners and, you know, versus, you know, odds. But 
if, if I lose 10 cents on a line, but I feel like I made the right choice, then I can live with that. I mean, if I lose a dollar yeah. of value, then it's, you know, now we're, oops. But, yeah, plus plus the minus swings when we get over the gate, obviously, that's always takes the wind out of your sails when you miss those kind of lines. So not hating at all, but it's just uh, it, it, it's just something that, you know, I, I don't want to stress myself with. I stress myself enough trying to get prepared for you guys each and every week to try to get a handle on these matchups because MMA, it's so volatile when the game starts, but there's also a whole other game of volatility just getting up to it. Are they making weight? What matchups are falling out? Um, you know, uh, I know, you know, uh, COVID and pandemic era kind of 10 X a lot of these, uh, variables as well. So it, it could be pretty dangerous, but you know, at the same time, it is good to know who's coming up and, and keep an eye out. I, I joke all the time. I'm not a closing line value guy, but that doesn't mean I don't envy some of y'all grabbing these lines. I wish I could, but my, both my OCD, uh, and adult duties, I just have to put so much time kind of on the front end. But uh, to finish the thought, I, I will say this is what I loved about doing it, Lou, is I realized how much talent was just outside of the UFC. And there's smarter people that uh, say it better than me. I'm not the only person that's been saying this. But, yes, this has been something I've said on this podcast, Lou, uh, as far as contender series, the way UFC is scouting, uh, how that affects both you know, fighter negotiations, which I'm not going to get into the weeds here. It's not this show. Uh, to, uh, you know, as far as the talent pool. And I think we're really seeing that. And I, I really wish I brought remembered to bring this up on last week's show, Lou, which is why I'm bringing it up here because uh, I'm not a news topic show, but the one thing I will touch on before we push on to recapping and then breaking down action is I think the Francis Ngannou situation, which I want to get your thoughts here in a second, Lou, on um, I think that kind of made people realize it from a top-down perspective as far as, well, what is out there, you know? And... You, there are people like myself in the article that I stated that you could argue that right now it, it's never been richer, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a long time outside of the octagon. Whereas other people kind of shitting on Ngannou will have the counterpoint and say, what's he going to do? This was a dumb move, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, um, I don't know if it was John S. Nash or someone else brought up the, brought up the point of uh, was like, you know what? That's kind of a self admission of of what this whole you know UFC has been in court for, and what we you know long talk about as far as you know owning a disproportionate amount of the market unfairly, which is what they're going to court for. So it's kind of funny. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. But uh, but it's something that I know people like myself and many have been talking about for some time. And again, check out my article pinned to my uh, top of my Twitter profile for regional talent coming up. So you can see what I'm talking about on that aspect, regardless of your opinion on the Ninganu subject. But uh, Lou, uh, do you have any opinion on that as far as the Ninganu situation and, and, and what's going on right now? It's, just, it's pretty big news uh, as far as I'm concerned, even though I'm not a news show guy. Well, there's, there's, two, there's two separate parts to this, and, and one doesn't involve Ninganu as much. But we're, we're finally in an era now where, you know, for years and like, I'm just, I don't know why I picked Matt Hughes out of my, you know, my out of air here but that era which is very near and dear to my heart and i'm sure to yours that's an era where people that were doing other things and then transitioned to mma because they didn't know what to do with their lives we're now seeing around the world people that trained from a very young age whose goal was to fight professionally in mixed martial arts because it's opened up across the globe so that's why i think the talent pool around the world is getting deeper now as far as nganu goes I don't know if you're like an old school pro wrestling fan, but when McMahon had control of wrestling, you either worked there or you didn't make any money. 
But back in the days, in the 80s, you know, like when, when Japan was big, like when WCW, all these other leagues, I'm not going to make it a pro wrestling thing, but when you were a pro wrestler, you're an independent contractor. If yeah. you have options to go work other places and go make money, everybody wins. Because then everybody's happy where they're working. You can travel. You never get stale. And I feel like we are starting to see that right now. Yeah. I don't love bare-knuckle boxing, but it's an option for some of these guys to make a killing. Even the, the PFL is starting to improve. Their, their talent pool is starting yeah. to improve. Bellator hit or miss for me over the years, but I can't argue they got so many talented guys. I love me some Raphael Stotts. This is my dude. Uh, you know, you have Aries FC puts on good fights. LFA is great. Like, there's tons of places. Japan, there's tons of places guys can go and work their craft if they want. And if you make a name for yourself in the UFC and you use that, like, good for Nganyu for for holding to what he believed. He didn't feel like he was treated fairly. He also knows at his age, how many years does he really have to make bank? So How many, he, how, he how many years does any of them box. have? But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But if he, he wants to box, and, yeah. and like, you know, allegedly he wants to box Fury, and, and you know, uh, if it happens, great. But any boxing match he has, he's going to make more money on that one fight than he made his whole UFC career. It's not right, but it's the nature of the yeah. scale in the UFC. But if he's willing to go to Japan or – I mean, if he went to the PFL, they'd just hand him the check right now. If he wanted to go to Bellator, they'd probably pay him a, just an insane, like Brock Lesnar-level money. So good for him for, for sticking to his guns. And the beautiful thing about it is if you really just watch the UFC, he leaves. There's 10 more guys in each weight class just waiting to come up and make a name for themselves. It's an endless cycle of talent, just maybe not as much as heavyweight. But in general, there's just tons of up-and-coming guys – they're always ready to take the spot of the guy who's not happy. So I love the cycle of the sport. And you don't, yeah, you don't have to be in the UFC to make a living, which I love. Yeah. I, and by the way, pro wrestling analogy is welcome here. I know a lot of people get really like antsy about that. I don't get it. Um, you know, I'm not a hardcore pro wrestling guy, but I, I used to be a big fan and I'm not a denial of the history. And I love that you mentioned kind of the territories and you would build up territories and it was great because not only would it allow fighters to still or wrestlers to still get their checks, whether they were you know signed and wrestling with bigger promotion X, Y, or Z, but you would build up that territory, and that would kind of like what you were talking about. That would then benefit in return. And I guess the analogy here, folks, is like having a guy like Eddie Alvarez and Bellator through that segment, right? Like UFC was going through its gold, arguable golden era. How the more recent, you know, uh, bias history is written, which I'm I'm a part of. That was a golden era for me as a fan. Certainly, the Lesnar 2009 to the, you know ish. We're talking about 2010. Uh, Eddie Alvarez was over on, in Bellator. You had Gilbert Melendez at lightweight, you know, over at Strikeforce, and they got to build their names. And being out of the UFC arguably helped them. Um, so I, I agree with you on that point. And I'll just add that obviously you're right. Uh, uh, I agree with you as well why talent is getting better. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, regardless of what side you fall on, whether you're a believer in the, uh, the, Zufa, the Zufa myth, so to speak, um, and uh, are like, you know, the reply guys in the comments just swallowing whatever Dana's, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, Dana runs to the edge of the stage and you're one of the dudes holding the, running, holding the Dixie cup to, to just try to catch whatever you can. Uh, you know, despite, I'm not going to talk about power slap, but kind of proving the promotional abilities there. Uh, you could tell they're not really, the UFC is not really in the business of, 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 of cultivating talent. You know, um, there's been people like me who have long 
criticize the matchmaking, card formatting to kind of support these things and all levels and all divisions, not just talking about the Ninganus or the salacious stories. Um, I just wanted to kind of use both that article from the bottom end, outside the UFC up and coming, to what we're seeing at the top end, uh, the baddest man in the sport, and the fact that all these trends are kind of proving each other right. Um, and, and not that I'm, you know... It's the nature of it. I'm kind of with Lou. I'm trying to look at the silver lining where it's like I want these fighters to go out and get paid. So I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be a hater on anybody's choice for that. Um, but I just will say that it is kind of proving a lot of us right to wrap, to wrap this point up as far as, uh, you know, is the UFC really home of the best of the world? How hard are they really trying to get it? You know, again, shout out to MMA Eye channel on YouTube who's been doing a lot of betting uh a, a lot of uh, really good videos uh, on the James Krause situation. They just released one on uh, Iridium Sports Agency. And not to single Iridium out, but just kind of the dominance of, dominance, <laughs> pardon the pun, of a lot of management. And we see how that kind of funnels in things from Contender Series all the way up. So again, all these things relate to each other, folks. So I'm not telling you how to think. That's never my business here. But, you know, I'm Iridium, just saying... Iridium does manage so many... I mean, they manage Cody Brundage, who's a friend of our channel, friend of mine sure. like they man it, it seems like every fight announcement i'm like oh my god they have like hundreds just they, they have just absorbed everybody sure and i handled a lot of their correspondence booking for junkie and emails and stuff with uh, uh house and, and and many others who worked for house and stuff so and you know they've all been, they've always been great and respectful i'm not saying you know uh no no personal complaints on that front but again folks it doesn't matter what my opinion is or what your opinion is I'm just pointing out that the sky is, in fact, blue for those who've been trying to warn you. So, interesting stuff to keep an eye on. That's not the part of this show, so we're going to push on. Um, Lou, you had a good night at UFC Vegas uh, 67, did you Did, did you not? I did, and I, I just want to talk about one change I made. So, I, I, I'll tell you what I hit on real quick. I hit on Yige okay. pretty big. Nice. I had, Al, I had Al Hassan, which means I'm now, I'm now one for Al Hassan in my betting career. I've never gotten a fight right with this guy. I had a juice boy parlay with the Johnson fight of time props. And, uh, my guy, uh, the snow leopard, Basharat, who I love. The only bet I lost was the Nascimento fight, not going to split decision. He just, that was, I mean, at least if I'm going to lose it, I lost it quick. I was like, all right, on to the next one. I did have the Vieira Pennington split decision props. I didn't care the way I bet. I bet the split decision. I bet both sides of it. I don't care who wins. Uh, I told you like a couple of days ago, I said I used to just hate the split screen because I knew I was getting screwed. Now I just bet the split screen and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> so I love up that a option. little more than eight units uh, and it's a start to the year. Uh, I'm a streaky gambler. I don't claim to ever be like the best capper in the world. In fact, I tell people on my show all the time, if I'm on like a two fight losing streak, if my first fight loses tonight, legit just fade all my picks and make money. Like, at least you'll make money if I can't, but go make money because I run hot and cold. And so one thing I've changed, and, and it's going to come up tonight a few times, because, you know, if you are if you consider yourself somebody that cares about gambling, good or bad, it's always tweak. You got to tweak. You got to look at, you know, trends change, sports change, rules change, always make tweaks. One thing that I noticed I got in a lot of trouble with last year was trying to cheat some of these money lines by taking guys in the distance against regional guys who were undefeated. Preston Parsons being like my perfect example, I had this guy bet by sub against Evan Elder. Evan Elder was taking a short notice. His takedown defense didn't look good. But I lost the bet. And Parsons had him in 13 minutes of arm triangle chokes in that fight. But I lost because Elder 
had, who had under, was undefeated at the time, showed a toughness that you couldn't know because he'd never been in bad spots like that. And last week, I laid off two bets that I would have usually made. I didn't take Rebecca in the distance, and I didn't take Argetta in the distance. Two short-notice opponents, undefeated on the regionals, that just were tough, tough dudes that endured. I mean, Rebecca threw everything at the tank at Fury, and Fury, you know, like he clearly yeah. lost, but he, he endured it. So I am trying to stay away from bets like that. I don't like betting big shock as it is. I'm not, it's not my style of betting. I, I bet, you know, I, I bet like plus 2,000 props, and I think it's hysterical. I don't like betting minus 500s. But there's one exception I made on this card for in the distance, and we'll get to that fight. But for the most part, that is one thing I'm trying to tweak, and it already saved me two losses. So hopefully we'll see if that trend continues. It's obviously there's no 100% strategy, but if it's something that's costing me money, I try to change it. I like that a lot, especially those ones that, not to, you know, uh, woulda, coulda, make you live in woulda, coulda, shoulda land, but I, I did like those, uh, the leans you had, if you could say so, as far as the fights go in the distance with Argetta and Rebecca. Um, I also really like that you're hit as far as those splits. I, I say it on this podcast all the time. I'm jealous. I, I live in Vegas, Lou, so I don't get... The fan duels or the DraftKings bet fight ends in split and Yeah, like, they don't give you they don't give you nothing. Rounds three decision or rounds four and five. Oh my goodness. I would those are just Dan Tom lines. You're gonna you're gonna get me like a kid in a candy store. Like, like Jim Miller jumping on a submission. I just can't say no, Lou. But I can't say yes because they're not offered here, unfortunately. Right. But uh massive props. A happy, happy for anybody who hits that. Um, real quick, I went um nine and two uh overall in picks. Uh, un- unfortunately, two the, the, the two fights that I missed, I I had Vieira in some way or no no I actually no. It, it those ones traditionally Lou I, I have notorious luck for for losing these split decisions especially uh, these classic ones where it's like a vet like Pennington who counters and does inside work stuff that the judges just don't you know go to the body stuff the judges don't don't typically reward as highly as sometimes I think but uh, this one went my way and to be honest. I thought it was nice going to go Vieira's nice way. On the right side. It nice was, but, right side. you know, I honestly thought, and I said on Twitter, I'll stick to it, I, I, I thought it could have gone Vieira's way. Uh, I picked Pennington because she had more hustle in her, and that ultimately, uh, you know, even if people that maybe didn't agree with the decision are trying to, like, objectively trying to make sense of it, will say that it was, you know, she had more hustle. That was the reason I gave. But at two Vieira's... punches from the back. You know yeah, why? I hate those. Ugh. But yeah, but you know yeah. what? This is the first time Optics. we've seen a weird split. Well, it happened in the Feely Algio fight too. I hate it. I hate it. Feely had his Feely had his back. It wasn't doing anything, and Algio was was landing. Look, Pennington was landing some of those punches, and Vieira was just holding on. And I think the optics of that, like you just said, I think people, I think they, you know, and, that's, and I, that's and I, the yeah. They, and, and I'm down, let me be clear, I'm down, I get, I both get the optics, and I'm down with, with rewarding those optics, um, as far as what we saw, as far as a, a fighter trying to, if we're rewarding the effort uh, and hustle, she's not really getting any damage off, because those are non-leveraging strikes, and I want to keep that same energy, but uh, optically, I get it, I just, I just hate when, like, uh, you know, like, uh, commentary, or, 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 and then, because you, you see it trickle down, and, and people just oversell like non-leveraging strikes and I'm like you're punching behind you but you're right you're absolutely right in the sense of damage or no damage optically it looks great in a tight round you got one fighter holding and the other fighter actually fighting to break free actually trying to throw strikes that does and arguably should count for something right so we got it I'm definitely not going to complain about that one and you had the uh, split obviously there so you're not going to complain either Lou um but yeah I scored on Danny as soon as I see the split screen I'm like yep 
All I need to hear is, as much as people don't like this man, as soon as I hear the words, Sal Diamata scored the fight, I'm like, yes, sir! Ship it! <laughs> ship it, ship it. You ship know, it. yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, we'll work backwards and work our way down. I, I too, scored on Dan Ige. He kind of saved my night, even though, by the way, uh, I came in just under even point, uh, point four, uh, under. Um, but uh, it would have been much worse if uh, Dan Ige didn't come through, who I had the money line also by KO on the uh, round he, he robin. He came through. And he came. You, you know who was big on him? I just mentioned, like, the whole process. My guy DFS by the numbers, Brady. When we were doing tape, like, on Sunday, he's like, this is my favorite better the card. And it's funny because I looked at the matchup and I'm like, man, Damon Jackson's only this. Like, seems like a good spot if he can get takedowns. And then I talk to Brady and I start doing tape and I'm like, yeah, I really do like this free guy. And he looked great. Now, I don't know. That was a very favorable matchup for him. But like, good for him, man. I love the guy. He's a grinder. He works hard. Like, I know he was on a losing streak, too. He's had a bad run facing some killers. So, and I feel bad because I like Damon Jackson a lot, too. He's another guy that's hard not to like. But Ige needed this one bad. So good for him, man. I, I We want him around. He's good for the sport. Absolutely, and nothing against Damon Jackson too. I mean, the guy, especially you know, the heartbreaking story last time. Dude looks like Walt Goggins for for God's sakes. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he, 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 he looks he like, does. He looks like Walt. I was like, am I, am I watching the Shield or? Oh, it's the co-main can event you, time. Can you imitate him? I can't. I, that, that's not in my. You know, I He's don't. not have, my wheelhouse. Like, I don't have that twang to like, you know. No, I, I got to save up because of the, uh, you know, speaking of, 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 you know, super popular movie references that I love to drop, I already got to have my Finding Forrester for Jamal when we talk about him. Bolt the door if you're coming in. Uh, Jesus, Dan, what version of that movie did you watch? But listen, I, I want to give Is a shot. Is that Connery? Room. Yeah, it's right, Jamal. Uh, cucumbers, blueberries. Uh, <laughs> It's better than all I know how to say is you'll rue the day you crossed me, Trebek. You'll rue the day. Your mother's a whore, Trebek. But right, my imitation, <laughs> my imitation is Daryl Hammond imitating him, not like Yeah, right, yeah. I, know um, I don't have like an actual Connery. I have I have Daryl Hammond imitating Connery. Well, my thing is regardless of the level of invitation imitation, I somehow project everybody into being a pervert. So let's just not look too deeply into that, but enjoy it. Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> Ray Lamina, the Tiago Moises of making bad choices, the Ovin St. Prue of wedding the special GQ of the wedding special GQ, the Jeff Gordon of MMA snowboard, and the Aljamain Sterling of wearing funny bling. All right, this one didn't get me canceled this week. Thank you, Ray Lamina. Good job. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we Sean Strickland. Speaking of getting canceled, Sean Strickland defeated uh, Nasruddin Imavov uh, again. To, to, to tie up the last point from the Danny Gay and, and parlay us forward to Strickland as we finish this recap here, um, I will say you were talking about uh, you know consulting your sharp friends. I had you know uh, you know uh, people I consider you know uh, of the sharpish community as well. I'm um, seeing a lot of value on Dan Ige, and I ended up um, writing somewhat of a recommendation, although we didn't get the live scenario I, uh, I was looking for as far as the Action Network prop. But it was hard because it was a situation after one. Well, we went from plus money to, to negative, so it's always hard to make that argument, right? No matter how biased or how strong you feel, for one, right? Especially when you're writing content for others, even though I'm not a sure. gun to your head. Follow me off this cliff, everybody. We're going to war. But also my bias toward extreme couture fighters who have to be cornered by Eric Nixick, a fellow Hawaiian. You could check all the boxes, you know, like, oh, of course this motherfucker's going to, you know. So it was really hard for me, in other words, Lou, 
to say that, but hearing, you know, hearing others, like you mentioned, say it, uh, did also make me feel less crazy for what that's worth. So props to anybody who followed. And my bias couldn't take me here. I wanted to pick Strickland, but it was something about the four or five days notice. I don't know if we have a stat on this, Lou, but it feels like these fighters lose more often than not, you know. Um, no matter how much we love him, I love Bobby Green, right? But it was I like... I think it's 32% they win. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, how was I going to pick Bobby Green against Islam Makhachev, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I picked Imovov here. Even though I, I don't even like his game, I wasn't sold on him. And sure enough, uh, you know, he, at least to me, he was underwhelming. And uh, Sean Strickland gets to deserve a decision. Anything to say on this one, Lou? He he had no urgency. And Strickland, so I picked Imovov myself because Strickland hasn't shown an urgency later in, like, fights, like the Hermanson fights. It's a perfect example. And even the, and like, the... Uh, his last fight against Cannoneer, he he just kind of screws around, like he's waiting for the fight to start, like the third and fourth and fifth rounds. Like he, he his volume is just not there. So, to me, you know, I knew Imamov is like going to me. Imamov's going to win the first two rounds. He's got the cardio. He should have the cardio advantage for being in a full camp and training him for a five round fight. Yeah, he trained him for a different style of opponent, but Imamov should win the first two, and then Strickland won't have the urgency to throw in the last three rounds. Well, boy, was I wrong. Because Strickland came out with urgency from the jump. And maybe he came out with urgency because he was worried about his cardio. But he was on the front foot that whole fight. So Imamov was too little too late. I had no bet on it, but I picked Imamov, so it was a terrible pick. But, uh, you know, you, you chalk it up to a loss. And I realize the counter argument is this was a step down for Strickland talent-wise, I guess. I think Imamov will be all right. He'll learn from this. He'll get better. I, he's young enough to make, you know, to make adjustments. So I think this is just good experience for him. It's his first five-round fight. He'll, I think he'll be all right going down the road. Finding Forrester forever. Sweet bucket memories. I love it. We got some Finding Forrester love. And uh, I agree with that analysis as well. But to push forward, and I'm going to parlay some shouts in here while we're breaking this fight down, Lou. Dustin Love, my guy, uh, DLove underscore turmeric underscore tonic on Twitter. That's the turmeric tonic.com. Uh, I got some on the way. I'm excited. But uh, Dustin Love says, my guy, Dan, what's up, Dan? I never make these live. Happy for the fights this week, and let, let's go indeed. And uh, if you want to go get some turmeric at thetumericdonic.com, make sure you use uh, code PROTECT15 at checkout. Get yourself 15% off uh, that anti-inflammatory goodness. I, I, I definitely need it. Everything aches much harder after workouts. As, uh, you're a big, big turmeric guy? I do. I, 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 cut a, I cut at least a thumb size. I don't have any right now, which is why D loves coming to the rescue, but thumb size of ginger, thumb size of turmeric in my smoothies. Don't have any turmeric right now, so I'm, I'm so missing. You know what? You know what, I, you know what I, I, don't do, I do it the exact opposite way. I don't do smoothies. I drink bone broth. Nice. I get the, I get the ginger and turmeric bone broth. Ooh, that's really good. I will say, it's, though, you are already yeah. putting pineapple in your smoothie, so if you ever want to Oh, this is a whole different thing. Yeah, this is a whole different drink. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, it's a fun fact, though. Pineapple and uh, the bromelain and pineapple, when it uh, mixes with the bioavailability in turmeric, it's like steroids, and it makes the anti-inflammatory properties like 10x. Just FYI. So, uh, and, and then the pineapple, of course, like you know, Lou, covers up any kind of you know stuff you want to put in there. Easy Cosby's out there. Not that kind of stuff. We're talking about bitter vegetables. Moving on to the recap. Wow, Dan, that was appropriate. Um, dark. Roman Kopilov defeated Punaheli Soriano. I, 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 I missed on this one. My guy Puna went down, but you know, you got to give props what was due for Kopilov. Did you have any thoughts going in, uh, to I this got, one? I got that or one. Going, in, I got going that, out. I got that one wrong too. You too? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I knew it was a trap. I'm like, you know, 
I like Puna in the distance. I'm like, man, why do I feel like this is a, is a trap? And yeah, I don't know, man. I, Maybe I just underrated Kopilov, but those kicks, the kicks to the body got through. Like every kick he, he threw, he landed. And you could you could tell. But three minutes in that fight, Puna was bothered by this, these kicks were just chewing him up. And, you know, something with fighters with tough chins, it's like, go, that's why I'm, I'm such a big preacher of going to the body. It's like, go to the yeah, body. It well, takes I'm out the toughest boxer. guys. Some of the, the, old, the old school boxers, that's, look, the guys ripping the body. Like, you, you make, you sap the will to fight. You, you sap your opponent's will to want yes. to do anything when you start just killing their body. Right. Like, and, it's, you don't see it enough. And outside, outside of Adelaide Bird, who uh, I think this is an appropriate criticism, but outside of that, I don't like the criticism that, like, at least in the year 2023, that MMA judges are just boxing judges. Because I'm like, if they were, I would have cashed so many more tickets betting on the guy who's actual better striker slash works the body, if that was the truth, if that was the fact. Back to your point, so... Uh, I will say that. I'm not saying you have to like the judges. I'm just saying don't don't throw that criticism because that just pisses me off. Because I'm like, no, I wish they were boxing judges for a lot I of mean, the fights Jonathan that I come Pier- up short. Jonathan on. Like, Pierce works the body a lot, and Jonathan Pierce also has great cardio. And you see in these third rounds of fights with Jonathan Pierce, he just it's, it's like the the level of stamina at that point. It's not just that he has good stamina, but he has just crushed his opponents like tank. Yeah, he's like, yep, easy pickings. Even in the second round, he's like, yep, let's go. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, uh, hopefully Puna takes some time off, something to try and, uh, you know, shore up there. Um, Raquel Pennington, Caitlin Vieira, we just went over that one. Umar, Umar, Namagamadov defeated Hayoni Barcelos. I I would have, so by the way, I actually, uh, I in one house, I actually bet Ige by KO straight up, not just in the round robin, but straight up plus 300 for 0.33 units, which took me over into the black, but I didn't track it on my action app, and I didn't, post it um i don't know why i just i just slipped me after so i'm not counting it so for whatever it's worth but what what bothered me more than that than the actual bet that i cashed for peace of mind was the fact that uh i still would have came in the black uh, regardless of that if i didn't throw the little 0.33 unit same amount flyer on barcelos i just i saw the plus 700 lou and i couldn't say no um i picked umar i didn't i didn't see it to happen that way but uh, any thoughts on this one lou coming in and out of it I don't think anybody saw him getting KO'd, but uh, I laid off that completely because I. Smart. I, well, I mean, I and I understand. Look, I I love dog shots, and I understand it here with Barcelos, but yeah, I don't know, man. I I still can't get the Victor Henry fight out of my head with him. Like I I know his skill set isn't that, but I, maybe it's just it's too late for him. And and Umar is obviously like, you know, they're just they're pushing him so hard that like to just look like an absolute a million bucks. Like, they don't make this matchup if they don't think he's going to steamroll. But a KO, I was, you know, a little stunned by the ending. But I, I, but love I, really, it too. But I figured 30-27, like, dominant. Or maybe even a sub late, but not like not that. That That is a legit shot, by the way. Um, that plenty of fighters do it. You see it more in Muay Thai. Chidi Ninja Kawani does that exact setup when he's going from southpaw. Um, uh, you know, you'll see guys like I, I reference all the time in Muay Thai, like Sidachai, bodybuilding. So where you'll go front kick, front teep to the body, uh, tie teep to the body, and I'll do this. And actually, my my Muay Thai coach actually trained me on this specific combo. Um, so you get those reactions, and they're trying to guess: okay, or is he going to the body, or is he going to change it up low? Is he going to change it up high? And a lot of times, you can throw maybe a body kick, maybe do that counterbalancing. Um, shot where you punch off the same side that you just kick. So I do a power kick from the rear left, and as I'm 
setting my rear leg down from the kick, the rear chamber, I'm counterbalancing that action with a left from the same side. Um, another kind of similar principle going forward with that is, again, you establish the bodybuilding threat, some front kicks, some body kicks, you get them thinking there. And then when that front teep comes up as a knee, you get their reaction, their guard to drop here, and you just step down into a shifting straight. Um, and that's actually something that my Muay Thai coach was drilling on me from my, with my last camp. So when I see guys that are like actual, you know, making it work, I'm like, oh, I, I get, I suck, but I get why this is being taught to me because it, it is a good technique. Now, do I see guys get ice from it? No, that's the first time I ever saw that, but uh, it makes me happy because uh, I, I just, I love that combo that he threw. So to give Umar credit, he wasn't just, it was improv. But it wasn't just wacky improv. Like there was actual technique to that. I will say. And he doesn't have the same the same complete uh, upbringing that most of these guys from Dagestan does. Doesn't he have? Or I, if I'm confusing my Nurmagomedovs. Right. I it's apologize. easy to do. It's easy to do. I'm actually. I think I'm thinking of the one in Bellator. You are. Uh, you are thinking. You, well, he, no, and he has. A, is it a Kempo background or is it a or a, not a Kempo background? Wushu uh, Sanda. He's, he has. A, but he's a striker. I mean, he's he has a striking background. That's learning wrestling, as opposed to a guy that grew up just he, grappling. He grew up doing. He grew up doing both. Um, he is the one that's related to the Nurmaga Madoff. That's I, I would love to see him. Uh, it, is Bell, it is Bellator, though, right? That's no, no. About. His brothers in Bellator is Usman Nurmaga Madoff. Uh, I think as, Usman's as well. the one that has. A, he has a striking background. I'm confusing my Nirmaga Medoffs. Yeah, they both they both have Wushu Sanda, which is like big, and then we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we get to Shamil uh, Abdurahimov um, at the, on the UFC 283 card. But Sh- a lot of times, Shemazel. here's a, here's here's a lot of things. Is uh, it, it it's it's striking, and then obviously sambo and freestyle wrestling are the major martial arts in those regions. Um, just because they have one doesn't mean they have the other, but most people ever assume, A, everybody wrestles and that everybody is related to Khabib. Saeed Nurmagomedov, by the way, is not related. He is a strong striking background. That could be who you're thinking of. I would like to see him actually matched with Umar. Um, Umar and Usman wrestled and came up with Khabib under that, but they also have uh, Wushu Sanda. I don't know if they have Makhachkala in their bio, but folks at home, Lou, everybody listening, when you're looking at these Dagestani fighters and you see Makhachkala for their born or fighting out of, again, they all do everything at this point, but that region particular in Dagestan is really rich in Wushu Sanda strikers, so is, you see a lot Usman, of that. It is Usman that I was thinking of. Yeah, and their brothers. Usman fights at 55, and yeah, we'll see what Umar can do at 35. Um but, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of 35, uh, Javid Basharat defeats uh, Mateus Mendonce. Medonkadonk. Medonkadonkadonk. I didn't that's, watch that's this my, fight. That's my, that's my guy. Yeah? yeah. Anything on this Basharat. fight going in or going out? I, I like Javid, too. He's, he's really good. I had good. him in a parlay, but, but I love him back from the Contender Series when Oren Kalen, uh, A, missed weight, then decided to turn around and call him a terrorist and scream and curse at him. And then Basharat just took his time picked him apart, waited until there was two minutes left in the fight. One of my most – I had him in the distance. I was never worried about it. Even as the fight got close, I'm like, nah, man, he's enjoying this like a sick bastard. And he's like, well, that's what you get from this and wait and call me <laughs> names. Bastard. And yeah. and I love every – I think Bashra I, I said this on my show a couple times. I think he's – I don't know if his ceiling is champion, but he's going to get a title shot at some point in his career. I think his ceiling is that high. I think his fight IQ is that high. He, the way he moves, and he's another guy like, it's, it's going to sound like a weird comparison comparing him to Peter Yan, but he's a dude who like, he downloads data in the first, he doesn't look like, you're not impressed with him the first three minutes, but he's staying out of trouble, he moves really well laterally, 
And then if he wants to go to the grappling, he can, but he just prefers to stay on his feet. He hasn't shown finishing ability at the UFC level yet, but I think it's just a matter of time. He's getting his feet wet, and he's young, and he's learning. And his brother, Fareed, is fighting in, uh, I believe, in March. He's on the March 24th card in San Antonio. I may be going to that card, but it's I'm, I'm really excited for like this new wave. He's super intelligent, and I think the sky's the limit for him. I, I agree, and I'm Brad not one. Grounded, really well grounded too. I just wanted to get that out too. He's a grounded, totally not ego. Like there's no ego with him. He's you can tell he's. I have so much to learn, but I'm getting like, I'm super impressed with him. All right, sorry, I'm going to share something out here, Lou, and I got something in my ear. But I will share something on on Bashrat before we uh, move on here. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of uh, you know Sean Strickland. We're talking about uh, his sparring. How that was made him able to kind of uh, wow! I am overloading my. Can you hear me still, Lou? Yes, I can. I was on mute. Oh, okay, okay, no, no, it's to all res- good. To respect you, I was on mute. No, no, you're good. I just uh, I'm trying to share out the link still. I still haven't even shared it out from the show. I had it all set up pre-show because I'm pro, and then now trying to pull it up. Uh, it's funny, but uh, people were talking about Sean Strickland sparring, um, making it able for him to. Uh, be able to step in on short notice. I will say Basharat, and again, I'm not going to pretend to know, nor would I share details, but I do see the man drilling a lot. And there's two different types of training. There's sparring, which you do need. There's a question of how much. Sean Strickland's obviously on the, the spectrum where he's doing a lot of sparring. I don't know how much drilling necessarily he's doing, whereas Basharat, um, like before the Gravely fight, you saw him, he grabbed a bunch of wrestlers, he had a bunch of high-level coaches, went and found a corner, just drilled, get up separations over and over again. Just get up separations over and over again. And just watching him drill with that discipline is something I really admire. Uh, it's, it's very much, you know, the Rush, the Russian wrestler kind of way of doing things. Not, I mean, he's an Af- Afghani, I'm not saying he's Russian, but just making that analogy for training. Um, but yeah, I really like a lot about uh, Yavid, so curious to see what happens with him. Let's speed break down the rest. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan defeated Claudio Ribeiro, who I silly put in my round robin. I was just desperate for stuff, so I just put in Ribeiro by KO. And uh, Al-Hassan, man, um, by the way, I'm making a list, Lou. I don't know if you keep a list of fighters that you, you can't bet or on your no-bet list, but I feel like Al-Hassan, from betting to picking, I just don't think I ever get his fights right. Like, maybe I got his rematch with Sabaho Masi right, or maybe, like, the Sabaho Masi series. But, like, outside of that and, like, some maybe, like, you know, more obvious ones further back, I'm terrible with this guy. I did say I'm now one for Al Hassan after this fight. I just, uh... (laughs) One for Al Hassan. I wasn't impressed with... Brady and I were doing the Contender Series show on our channel, and I wasn't impressed with Ribeiro's tape at all. And I know we came in and got a quick flash knockout, but I was not impressed with this guy previous to that. I wasn't going to be more impressed. You, you don't learn anything from a guy knocking somebody out in 20 seconds, which, right. ironically enough, is the mistake I made with Al Hassan for getting a flash knockout. I was really impressed with the third round of his fight against Buckley. He showed some. He won the third round. His cardio held up. He was going for takedowns. He looked like an evolved fighter. His move to team elevation, I think, is huge. Like, I, I think he's, I, I think he's learning. And I don't think he has a great ceiling, especially at his age. But this was a smash spot for me. And I don't, these odds were crazy. I don't understand why he was... He shouldn't have been the underdog to a guy making his debut who's literally like a lesser him. Like with the fight style. So, you know, I... I look, I, and I bet it's so small because it's Al Hassan. I'm like, I'm not going through this shit again. But I went through this shit again. And I'm like, all right. And I'll never bet an Al Hassan fight again. 
I'm walking away. Yep, yeah, I put him on. Taking the W and getting out. Yep, smart man, smart man. I'm taking the L and just staying away. Um, and this is another reason why, and folks who, who you know, uh, don't see the obvious humor in it um, and whatnot uh, is why I kind of, you know, uh, make fun of the betting community for, like, how the, I, I, you know, they just rock hard. They can't wait to fade an older fighter. Like, they see they see someone north of our age, Lou, or between you, me, you, you and my age, they're just, like, they're stiff like this. They're like, where do I, where's, I want to go to multiple windows to fade this guy. Um, I'm old enough to remember when men were men and sheep were scared, young man. <laughs> but the point is, is like what I hate is when I become that person and I'm like, you know what? Let's see what if you can't beat him, Lou, let's join him. I get I always get burned and the old guy gets beat. And I'm like, you know, Dan, you know, your analysis was right, but you're picking your bet was wrong. So what does it matter? And I go, OK, you know what? I will pick the athletic and explosive contender series new hotness on the block over the aging fighter, which, by the way, Al-Hassan's the same age as me, so I, I should have been, like, 37 crew with him and been, like, standing strong. But, uh, no, of course, I, this, I I get what I deserve here, folks. Don't get it twisted. But this is also why I hate it, because when I do try to join you, all you young MMA gamblers who love fading the old people, when I do, I just, I I mush that line harder than anything, man. And, uh, and I'm just reminded of why I love, you know, what, phrasing, I love old dudes and experience, easy, Veteran fighters. Uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> All right, we're going to go through. Mateus Rebecki defeated Nick Fior. Alan Nascimento, Carlos Hernandez. Daniel Argueta defeated Nick Aguirre. And Charles Johnson defeated Jimmy Flake. I only got an opinion on, on the one at the end there. Um, I didn't really watch the others that closely. Any opinions on those four I listed off, Lou? No, Rebecki's every other guy that, that throws. Look, I... I don't know. He's every other guy that just can throw a lot of hard punches in the first round, and then, you know, that's it. I mean, I thought Fiore, a more impressive Fiore, just would stand on anything else. You know, Charles Johnson did what Charles Johnson's supposed to do there. It looked impressive. Uh, nah, you know, I forgot the other two fights he even mentioned, but I had no bets on him. I don't have any opinion. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I had rounding my. That's the kind of analysis you can get on the MMA Manager channel. I don't know. You nice. get that kind of quality. Quality stuff over there. Nice. The only uh, thing I had an opinion on, because I had to play on, was, uh, and a lot of people had an opinion on this one, to be fair, um, was Charles Johnson, Jimmy Flick. I put Johnson round two um, as uh, we all did. round robin. We all did. Yeah. We all did. 600. Mushroom and I had it. We were we were seconds away, because if that thing hit the second round, it's it, we're paid. Yes, and I know people are saying it was inevitable, which is true. I don't think anybody's arguing that, but it's funny because... And again, I, I I hate that I bet on these fights, Lou, because I I, I would a hundred percent. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, 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 I no. Love it. No, I, I love it. I'm just saying as far as giving this opinion because it doesn't feel as strong, right? Because I have a bias, right? Kind of like we spoke with the Ige fight. It's like, oh well, you, okay, maybe you're right, but you also have a bias. Um, I will say though, I'm I'm like the, one of the last guy. I'm more of a safety guy. Like stop it earlier than later. Uh, but th there were people that were like me who were the last people to say that were like, wow, that I hate to say it, but that was an early stoppage. And again, it was inevitable. And it was, it was a quick, it was a quick stop. And, uh, even if you want to argue semantics of the, what was happening when it was stopped, which I still think is a losing argument in my opinion and many others for what it's worth. Um, I think what trumps that, even if you are hard, ardent to defend the referee, not that I saw anybody doing that, but just if you are, I will say is that Carrie Hatley 
this, he made a decision to stop that fight before it was stopped. And you see this happen with referees a lot, where they'll make a decision he, he, he before they realize they made a decision. He gave him a warning about 45 seconds before that sequence took place. Like, got to see more. Got to defend. Like, if you go back in the tape, he said something in a previous exchange to yeah. Flick. So, uh, look, I don't think Hatley's like a bad ref traditionally. I wonder no. if we just saw something in Flick's eyes in that earlier exchange that worried him. True. Because the last sequence, I don't think, because as much as it was thrown a lot, but not a ton of them were getting through, but he might have seen something earlier. And look, I give credit to like Jason Herzog, guys like this, that they actually care about the fighter safety, and it's yep. not just that last sequence that matters. So I, I wonder if Hatley just saw something in Flick's eyes that he did not like at all. And then Flick kind of got out of that previous exchange, and then when he went back on the ground and was getting pounded, he's like, I've seen it. Like, I see where this is going. That's the only explanation I could possibly have. But Hatley is not a guy who traditionally like screws around with with letting guys get in trouble. Yeah, he uh it's funny. He was more and I think he's a good uh, good referee and he's one of the few that you'll see doing double duty in Texas, which, you know, not great especially with the track record Texas has, but I would consider him one of the good guys even when he's doing those dual nights, which I know is frowned upon and I get why where they're both officiating and judging. Um, but I will say it's, it's just ironic, kind of like with Chris Tyone. Remember when he was letting all those comebacks happen, like the Trevin Jones and Timur Valiev, and it was uh, the the whatever the Marab and uh, Mar- Marlon Marais, and it was always Chris Tyone like allowing these fights to draw out. He had that kind of run. Amidst that run, he had like an early stoppage, and I was like, of course, I, I bet on the fight where Tyone decides to stop it early, or you know, uh, Guram coming up just short with uh, Kudalatse against. Um, Demir Uzmagulov, where it's like, oh, of course the one time... I don't, Herb... talk... I don't want to talk about that fight. I know, me too, me too, me too. It's like, of course, that's the one time Herb Dean has eagle eyes for the fighter damage, of course. Um, and this one too, again, Kerry Hatley not a bad ref, but I would say he is closer on the Mario Yamasaki side of the spectrum as far as letting people be warriors oh, on stoppages. So that's why I was just like, when he already made the decision to stop it, I was almost laughing, Lou, because I knew what was coming. And again, I think he's a great referee, and I'm not trying to uh, cry over spilt milk, although this would have been nice because that would have been three or four in the round robin. Massive, massive minutos there. I don't even know if I'm speaking Spanish properly. Probably not. Apologies. But listen, uh, I will say again, just just to get this out there, I'm not accused. I think Kerry Hatley's a fine referee. But again, if we are going to, and I'm not definitely not defending Kraus and Jeff Molina or any of that stuff, but if we're going to, you know, if the fighters are getting hit with the bill in literally every aspect of the sport that's designed to fuck them over, um, and but we're all of a sudden gonna start taking you know gaming so seriously and change our policies for that. Not domestic violence. Not saying anything about that. But we're gonna we're gonna worry about our gaming policy so much, Lou. Um, you know it is kind of it is kind of <laughs> sorry. It, it is kind of funny. It's like shouldn't we maybe be you know people throw this at the judges? But again, it's just like it's like these are human beings at the end of the day that don't get paid a lot of money. People talk about pointing the finger, but we don't talk about the symptoms of low fighter pay and things and access to gambling and the fact that this whole industry has been drowned with gambling. And again, every adult is responsible for the decision. I'm not defending people here, folks, right? But I am saying we do need to acknowledge these things. And it's, it, it is kind of just funny. It's like, we're only, I hope we're not only investigating the fighters here. I'll just say that. I'm not saying they need to investigate Hatley or the judges, but man, there are some really, really bad things to where it's like, okay, if we're using these bad things to track down fighter X and fighter Y, or former fighter Z, it's like, are, are we looking into other things too? I'll just leave that out there. I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Like, it's, 
you know, you see it in every sport. I mean, like in football, everything could be a hold. It's just a matter of when they call it. Uh, and it swings big money in gambling, you know? So, yeah. And, and by the way, you could also be the conspiracy, you know, Asian Bill Burr here. Bill Burr will always, like, you know, talk about the <laughs> the uh, conspiracy theories the other way, where, you know, maybe they get paid too much, you know, where the per games for these NBA refs, by the way. And uh, that made me stop watching, by the way. Oh, I'm, God. I'm more of a NBA uh, back I'm more in of the day. Norm- I'm a Norm McDonald guy myself. Hey, Norm. And he went on Letterman one time, and he's and Dave's like, so I heard you quit gambling. He goes, yeah. He goes, are, he's like, did you really? He goes, is betting on baseball gambling? He goes, yeah. He goes, football? Yeah. Ice hockey? I guess. Oh, then I haven't retired from gambling. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nice. Nice. There we go. All right. Well, that was uh, – we're 51 minutes in. We're going to finally get to the breakdown here. But that was uh, – we covered a lot of topics, I must say, and I just want to clean up the shots before we before we finish up. I had the D Love one in there. I want to shout out my guy Craig Allen at Craig Allen FNP. Um, he, of course, is a co-host for Fight Night Picks, which you can find and subscribe if you're not already on YouTube. They have a fantastic show and channel at Fight Night Picks. Apparently, this year' program was like nominated as one of the best podcasts. Like, I don't know if they should be put in an asylum. Or anybody should for nominating this podcast as a best anything, but. The fact that acknowledgement deserves acknowledgement. And uh, I love Craig, man. I was on podcast with him, like, back in the day and saw, like, he started running his own channel. Like, they, they do killer numbers and well-deserved so. You should go add to their numbers. He's got a great co-host there. They, they do a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm weird about compliment- He's a Tottenham fan, though. Is he? He's a Tottenham fan. Okay. I, 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 so, I like him, but he's a Tottenham fan. Right. And I will not abide by Tottenham fans on my timeline. So I like Craig Allen. But he's a Tottenham fan. I'll stay off the footy talk, but yeah, I, I okay. Noted Tottenham fan. Be warned. But uh, I'm but, sure he's he's miserable today, so it's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to give him love because I've been meaning to do that for a minute, and I didn't listen to see uh, what they said about the show or, or or anything we want, but just the fact that we were nominated means a lot. And I'm weird about listening to like compliments and stuff. Like I just I'm like eh, I'm I'm weird about that stuff. Like eh, gifts, compliments, eh. But I, I do want to give uh, the other way. Also, uh, shout out to my guy at Lynch Sports, James Lynch. Um, hopefully we'll get Lou back on here. But, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, James Lynch, by the way, as well. Um, he lost his uh, – he got hacked, man. Everyone's been getting hacked. What, what the F? Um, but follow his backup account on Twitter, at Lynch Sports. And then backup YouTube is the same handle, so at least that's easy, at Lynch Sports uh, there for that. Um Let's see if I can. Uh, oh, I think Lou is still there. Still, it still says I'm on the call with him. Okay, he probably had to run for a second, which is all good. And I'm going to finish a couple more shouts here. We got um, uh, oh my guy, uh, my guy Luke, uh, my guy uh, Luke Lamp, who I had on this show before. At SW, I can't even read the Twitter handle that I wrote because my handwriting is so bad. At SWR underscore betting, um, Luke uh, brought to my attention, which we're going to get here in the headlining fight, Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira. I actually released the breakdown, had him at a purple belt, and uh, Jamal seems like somebody who would fuck you, William. Uh, you know, he would he'd probably let me he'd probably let me hear it anyways for picking against him. But you know, if you're going to pick against uh, you know these fighters and and write about him, you got to at least come correct and 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 with with respect. And uh, I will say though, the UFC bio sheet still lists list, uh, Jamal. Hill as a blue belt, so I, hopefully he's not getting too mad at people who get the rank wrong. I saw an Instagram post that I missed, because a little bit before that, he's got him getting promoted to a purple belt, but then there's a one that's not so obvious, and he's like, but he's like, uh, let me set the record straight. 
it's a brown belt. And I'm like, why don't you set the record straight with your employers who still have you listed as a blue belt, man? <laughs> like, don't. So he is a brown belt, and uh, but I want to shout my guy at, at SWR underscore betting. Uh, good dude, Luke, who I had on this show. That, that, that's, we're done. That's my dude. That's my dude. Nice, nice. I, li- I live for breaking him on every show that I've done by just saying insane shit. Like I've broken him on Brady's show multiple times, like on a Saturday show. He is one of the Luke has like an underrated sense of humor. He's sharp as he's sharp as he hell. Is very sharp. His Twitter game's funny. He, Luke's like yep. one of my honest guys, one of my favorite people. He's I was awesome. sad to see him leave. I'm sad to see him leave uh Club and Sub. I mean I understand he's working with Brett Apley now. Uh Luke's one of the best guys in the space and like not that he's, I don't know if he's gonna watch this, like I don't need nothing from him. Right, you know, right, no, same. That, and he knows that I'll just write him once randomly and be like, I'll just say the, the craziest thing I can think of. And he's like, what? And then like, and then that's, you know, he loves it. He eats it up. Yeah. I don't know if people are going to see these things either. I just try to get the shouts out. Um, though I, you know, though again, you know, uh, I feel like everybody tags somebody when someone, Hey, this person's talking about you or they tag people and the, the tag fighters on Twitter and stuff. It's like, you know, pass along the positive things. Like, Hey, th- these people say good things about you or whatever. Not that you need to do that for this show or whatever. But uh, just just a thought that I'm thinking out loud here, Lou. I just think of how many times we we, we tag and bring attention for the negative. And, hey, we're shouting out some positive here, man. Um, all right. So we got UFC 283 going down as I'm uh, going to try to remember to time schmamp right here <laughs> at the 56 mark. Uh, Glover, the garage weight champion, former light heavyweight champion, taking on Jamal Hill, who, uh, you know, uh, came up uh, – out of Forrester's apartment and uh, has been a force to be working uh, uh, for, for, force to be reckoned with. Oh, wow, Dan, you're terrible inside jokes for really unpopular references. Here we go. Um, the odds on the fight, I believe we've got Hill, you know, uh, we got Glover. I, I was worried. The line was closing. I thought I was going to miss the dog boat. But now he's back up to, like, plus 120, um, which I'm not sure where it opened. And then we've got Hill uh, as obviously your favorite, opened as your favorite, again, Line fluctuation, but currently you can find him in the neighborhood of minus 140 unless anything has drastically changed in the last hour. Um, Lou, I want to kick it to my guest to kick off with this. Uh, I don't know I don't know what, where, where you're at on this fight. I, I think the top two fights, spoiler alert, are a bit tricky to be confident in, depending. But uh, where did you land on this one? I'm more confident in the next one we're going to talk about. Okay. Which is strange to say because it's a 1-1-1 one, one, one series. Right. Uh... Man, I, I went back and forth this one a little bit, pre-tape. Ultimately, I think Jamal Hill, his day will come. It will not be Saturday. I think, yeah, the crowd is going to be interesting against him. This is his first time fighting out of the country. I, I realize that like a lot of guys the last few years really haven't. Opportunities out of the country. Going to England is one thing. I'm not ripping on England. But going to Brazil is a little different than going to England. Going to Brazil is you're going, you are walking, as as you like old references, as Dokken would have said, you're going into the fire uh, if you're going to fight there. I like his boxing. I'm not sure he's the better boxer here. I think he's the more powerful striker. I don't know if he's a better boxer. But unless he shored up everything that Santos was doing to him, Man, I mean, I love Teixeira if he gets him down once. And with those long legs, if Teixeira just grabs one single leg, I don't know how. I mean, Hill's balance is really good. I'm impressed with his balance. And 
and his cardio held up against Santos really well for all these takedowns he, he was put through. But to share a man, not only is he going to get a takedown, but you know, you and I are old school, and you know, every like you know, Blahovich saying like, "Oh man, I had a neck injury before the fight." No, dude, you got put in a can opener for three minutes, and that shit sucks. That shit sucks. And if he does that to Hill, Hill's never been in anything like that. Like, I'm not saying just a can opener, but to share it, like, you know, I know he's 43, I get it, but he's he's certainly got 10 minutes of cardio in him. I mean, he just had 25 against Prochotchka. and High and like, fight. And I have to bring up the Prochotchka. Sorry, I'm itchy. My nose is like, I have a huge Dago nose, so. Oh, Dago <laughs> nose. As he... <laughs> What did we say about racial slurs? Yeah, your, your Dago mustache and your greasy hair. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yes. yes. There you go. I knew I'd know the line. So, so the thing about it is like, so when Teixeira faces Prochotchka, he's facing a dude that has like crazy unpredictable striking. He's throwing up elbows. He could throw, I mean, he throws down the pipe. Like everything Prochotchka does is like insanely violent. He'll throw his violent stuff, but he's more traditional in his approach. And I think that Teixeira... Again, I think Hill's going to have his day. I think there's better matchups. But I don't know that Hill has anything that Teixeira hasn't seen. And I think he's not going to just immediately shoot for a takedown. He's going to just time it right. So I like Teixeira to win. I, I honestly don't bet in the distance here, even though it looks like, yeah, it looks obvious. You're only getting 30 cents more to do it. I saw plus 150 in the distance. It's plus 120 money line. Like, don't get greedy. People that did that when Ganyu against Gan, yeah. paid for it. Like, don't get greedy for 30 cents. But I have round two submission at plus 1,000. I think that he, if he takes his time, I mean, he did it to Blahovich. If he takes his time in the first round, if, even if the first round is just exploratory and he's getting his timing down, he's going to get Hill down in the second. He's going to show Hill a style that he probably hasn't. I mean, I know Hill's training with good guys, but uh, you know who Teixeira is training with right now? The champ, Alex Fajeda. So a time, baby. So I don't know that I don't know that Hill's going to be able to show him anything that he hasn't seen, and I think it's just a matter of time. So round two sub at plus one thousand is a prop that I have. It's a prop that I'm considering, and then maybe bet, as the show on the MMA Engine channel is called. But I love Teixeira here. I don't love it. It's a tough fight, but I like Teixeira. I have a bet, strangely enough, on Hill, but this is in the Cody Saftic progressive parlay realm where I'm going to, like, I have the intent to hedge. So, I don't know how strong I'm going to add to my position, but I, I like to share here, and I like him within the first two rounds, but probably round two sub. I hope you're right. I think I picked round two or round three. I know I took a round two flyer for plus 1,000, but I hate these lines, man. You know, you, you they were giving out plus 1,000 for just round two straight in most houses against Yuri. You know, a fighter who was more wild to throw him out of position to get subbed, um, and arguably less reliable and less of a sample size of a gas tank than Hill, yet they're posting plus 1,000 for just straight round twos, yet they're down to, like, what, 400 or 600 against Hill, who's arguably a harder um, ask. And I say that because I feel like he's... I'm picking Glover, and I'm on the same side, and I played Glover, spoiler alert, Um yeah, I believe that's posted publicly. That's the only bet I have, so it's the only thing logged on action uh, account, and my work is out. But basically, I, I do think, though, in spite of those picks, that Jamal Hill's wrestling and grappling is underrated. He did start in those areas, um, and I actually like his instincts a lot, like uh, as far as grip separation, keeping wide, um, re reading shots in the open. Uh, you know, his hips aren't 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 terrible. They don't just like collapse. Uh, 
collapse in or anything like uh you know like a darren tell or something you know uh, like the, you know, the fold over or anything um i really like it you mentioned his balance that was a great note lou that, that i agree on he has really good balance um and his cardio impressed me i know he's went five rounds on the regional scenes before but going uh, you know uh, you know four rounds with tiago santos who's been fighting super frustrating but in that fight to tiago's credit he did try to get more aggressive it's just i think he's broken and his kicks and his knees and all the things you're probably were probably speculating uh, about him are probably true so how his aggressiveness ended up turning up in that fight was a wrestling fight and when you look at the stats it's like wow control time and takedown stats and you go if tiago santos did that what's glover to gonna do and ultimately you're not necessarily wrong right but like I always say, stats can be misleading because if you actually look at the takedowns and the control time, it wasn't like, you know, Thiago Santos was on top and transitioning all around. It was usually, you know, failed t- takedowns that took a lot of energy. And then when he did get him down, he couldn't really hold him down. And there was just a lot of slow, negative stymieing, you know, uh, I- installments of those processes going from top to bottom, top to bottom, where neither fighter really gets a ton done. Um and against an aging Glover who is, you know, subject to bad weight cuts. I know he didn't want to make an excuse the last time, but that it was the body shots. But certainly, you know, a weight cut and body shots don't don't hurt. And the body shots in particular, because Glover, he's not like a reliant shell guard, but he does keep a high guard variation and he pressures. And if you pressure and you come forward with somewhat of a high guard, like Eddie Alvarez told us in his post fight after Justin Gaethje, the way to stop that pressure is body work. And whether it went back to look against orthodox or southpaw strikers, body work was something that landed on Teixeira. Now, Teixeira's defense, he's 4-0 against UFC-level southpaws. Now, in that, he actually has a decent... Great stat. Yeah, it's a great stat. And actually, you know, the classic southpaw weapon, like the uh, left straights or the head kicks, right? Those, those things, whether it's a crow cop head kick or a Connor cross, these classic southpaw weapons, Glover actually has a really good radar, and he's seldom ever hit by those. However... Southpaw bodywork hurts him. And if you look at that fight against Yuri, who Yuri is not a part of that stat, right? Because Yuri switched stances. But Yuri starts letting him up in round three between minute three and four with a bunch of like every Southpaw weapon. And that kind of fucks up this look, right? You're like, well, no, the most relevant Southpaw look, he's getting fucked up. But again, back to Glover's reasoning and, and reason number a millionth why people like me, Lou, and whoever are proven right for valuing bodywork. Um, is because Glover actually gets hit with a a, a a jump knee, that the same knee that Jamal Hill actually does, and he gets hit with that by Yuri, and that fucks him up. That's what Glover's citing for the reason why he ends up losing the fight. He never, ever really recovered from that knee, and you can see him start getting fucked up by every southpaw trick in the book. Thiago Santos, off the break, was able to hit him with a check right hook, but again, it's off the break. How much of that is a stance battle right? It was kind of a quick off of a break of grappling, and as I always say, Check right hands is the weapon, the weapon, the James Krauss, the weapon that a southpaw shouldn't leave home without. So the check right hook, in other words, folks, and the body work from Jamal Hill, if something does Glover in, that's what it's going to be. And it could happen in not even just the first two rounds uh, after seeing uh, Hill's cardio. Again, I want to give Hill credit here, but ultimately, when you look at where Hill was taken down the most in his career from what we've seen in the UFC against Santos, those came against the cage. And where does Glover get most of his takedowns? Against the cage. Where does Glover pressure to on the feet? Against the cage. And the most important linking piece to all this, in my opinion, is cage position for Hill 
Where does it fit in that equation? Unfortunately for Hill, who can still win here, he's still favored to win, folks. But as far as this analysis goes, unfortunately for Hill, he is too easy to back himself up against the cage. Whenever fighters uh, try to force him there, he will go there. I forget what fighter it was. Because he trusts his power off his back foot. Yeah, I mean, there's a fight where he has a fighter against the foot, uh, against the fence, um, Lou, and I even think it's in the big cage, and he has him hurt and dropped, and that fighter is able to get up and able to pressure him all the way clear across to the other side of the cage with a with a crap takedown that they don't even get. Um, the fact that that was fighter... It, I think it was the... I think it might have... No, it wasn't the crew fight. It was... Uh, might have been... No, no, not crew. Crew ended too fast. Um, it might have been OSP. It wasn't the OSP fight. And then that might have, that might have happened in that OSP fight, but I am but, uh, plumb out of fights to mention. Sorry, sorry, I, I'll find it right now. I just got I gotta see it. This is that's the whole thing. You, especially these fifteen fight cards, thirty fighters. Oh, wait, what, what would you cap? What would you cap Prochaska against Hill at? Is Prochaska minus two hundred? Is he higher? Sorry, actually, I think it was. I think it might have even been Johnny Walker, which is even more condemning. Um, oh God. What would I cap Prochaska at? What, 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 what was that question, Lou? Against Prochaska against Hill. What would you cap? I mean, Prochaska's got to be considered the favorite there. Um, what would you cap? I, I, I don't. I'm not sure what they would cap, but I would strongly look to what bet. What would you cap? What would you cap him at? I would bet it at probably responsibly. Shit. I would probably bet. Is he a two to one uh, favorite? Not, no, not two to one. I would make Hill. I would make Hill the favorite actually, but I don't know if I'd be in the odd of that because it just um, Prochaska. He's got an allergy to, to southpaws who can throw the left, which is why I picked Reyes against him. Reyes just didn't have the durability to get it done, as we've seen. If but, you're gonna uh, give me, if you're gonna give me Prochaska as the dog, I'm like my whole role is on that fight. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. Oh, I, yeah. I would actually take Hill in that fight. And Hill, if you listen to Hill, by the way, Lou, he constantly has been mentioning Prochaska in like every interview for like over a year now. Um, yeah, he wants to. He must want to die. He no, no. I think I, <laughs> I, I think he sees what I see. I think he sees what I see. That southpaws, despite the result to Reyes, like that, a, a southpaw who uh, who knows what they're doing, uh, really knows what they're doing, uh, can really fuck fuck Prokachka up because he just dips naturally into all the southpaw weapons. He has his even though he switches stance and he's crazy, he has like a hard wrestle boxer dip that throws him right into left hooks, um, and which is part of the reason why I picked him against Glover. And uh, and whatnot, but uh, but yeah, I think he'd win by Eddie. He'd win by Eddie Gordo button mash. That would be the way he wins that. Fight. Listen, I'm more of a by I'm like more of a Yuri fan, combos. so I'd be happy. I'd be happy. He'd be he'd hit some combo that even the developers of Tekken didn't realize was in the game. It's like oh, should he hit circle triangle R two at the same time and just hit like and like kicks him from the ground above the cage. Just and Eddie wins. Gordo just button mash. And it's like and it's like and Prochaska's like yeah, you know we worked on that in camp. Like I thought, I could pull it off, dude. He's so good, man. Like I love. I, Me too. I, I love him. I love tell, him too. I love him. I do. And so I, I just can't believe he'd ever be an underdog. But you, if you want to give me an underdog price against Hill, like literally, this is like. Oh, Prokachka's. I'd make a. I'll make the bet that Better MMA doesn't believe I'm making. They're like, "What yeah. do you mean you're betting 11 units over and over?" I'm like, "Yeah, all of it. The only bet I'm making on the card." Yeah, that, that's lots a lot. See, that's a hard one. That's the only bet. I would I would bet Prochaska as a dog against anybody. I love Prochaska. I don't think he would be lined as a dog against Hill. I'm just telling you what I see, and that's a hard one because I feel like I've got a weird uh, a weird angle on that that the fighter himself sees. Which granted, fighters are going to believe in themselves, obviously. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see there. Um, real quick, uh, want to get to to uh, someone at a 
Rain Lamina asks, do you follow uh, Invicta? Do you like the new 125-pound champion? Um, is that a real name, or do I say it and like, I get Michael Bisping and end up on Bohachina Depot? But yeah, I posted the name up there. <laughs> uh, My Cleet Oris. So no, that's right. I got I got Bisping. There we go. See, there we go. I, I feel I like right that. I feel like that's she, she's she's a great contender. Uh, powerful ground game. You know. You know what? Maybe not a couple. Maybe not a couple of days in the month. Yeah. No. No. You know what? Ah! I, I wanted to pull that up too. Uh, by the way, in all seriousness, folks, I I know Invicta. I think they recently had a card. I I don't follow them closely unless I have to back uh, track to watch things. But I will say this, folks. Like seriously, try to watch. Like pick a regional show that's not the UFC and follow it. Like you'd be surprised how much fun you can turn into your own little hipster and maybe make some money off that when you actually scout the good talent coming up and you can get again you can get the jump on those. On those lines, because again, you'd be surprised how much good talent is out there, folks. It's crazy. Like, I shout mean, shout out to my girl Jill DeCourcy. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Shout out to my girl Jill DeCourcy. That's right. That's right. One of the one of the, one of the cooler Twitter accounts too. She's very she interactive cool. with her yeah, fans. Yeah, she is. She is. She's she's so cool. She's so nice. So happy. She came through as a dog. Gave us that bag. I bet her with no tape. I'm like, yep, just bet my girl. Did not think she was gonna get a first round finish. Unbelievable. Yep. Shout out to her as well. I think I think uh, I think we follow each other on Twitter too. But yeah, she's really interactive. Uh, se- seems real cool. Um, my guy Ghost Phantom is uh, talking about some body shot stuff. But Ghost, you mentioned earlier in the chat. I can't look at. I want to push forward, and I'm gonna timestamp for the co-main event here in a second. But you said you had some inside information. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to post it publicly, that's that's all you, buddy. I got nothing to do here. Anybody following me? I'm not going to get James Krause. This is just some random guy on the internet that showed up on my chat. You don't have to listen to him. I'm not saying it's credible. Who knows who this person is? But if you want to share any inside information, you go ahead and pop that in the chat, Ghost Phantom, and uh, you're a longtime person. I'll give you some love here. But uh, anything on the main event before we move on to that co-main event? Lou? Nope. All right. Co-main event time, baby. Uh, let's see what we got. 112, 112, oh Jesus. 112, 31. Um, yeah, we got, uh, we'll push through the fights that me and Lou didn't, and we'll be honest about the fights that we didn't dive deep or have strong opinions on. No problem there. Um, but these ones, we, we, we kind of will. Um, this one's been pretty much even for the most part, but a little bit of money is coming on Moreno now that the limits have opened up. Um, I imagine we won't see any moves. That's not why. That's until, not why. uh, why'd it come in, Lou? Because people are looking at this Figueredo picture, like yes. he looks so sucked out. That, yeah. That's yeah. That's what it's 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 the early window before anybody wants to uh, bank on Figueredo looking bad. Because if they look bad, the line and if they, they're liking Moreno, like spoiler alert, uh, me even though I'm not betting it I'm, as far as a pick goes, maybe that persuades them to bet it right. Um, and and then you miss the boat on the line. So that I I agree with Lou there. It's probably a lot of early representative money. Uh, what that or what that represents? That money represents, I should say. Um, and like I said in my uh, Action Network article, I laid out some angles for this, Lou. We'll get into any angles you have, but I suggested everybody should just wait until weigh-ins to really bet this fight, unless again you are trying to be the aforementioned. You like Moreno, uh, you feel strong about a side, you want to get in before the money comes in on him. If we get a bad figure weigh-in, I get it. I'm not hating you. But uh, I feel like you should wait to weigh in to bet this fight. I revealed my hand. I ended up picking Moreno. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But I want to see where Lou's at on this one. Sorry. I don't know why, like, my... I should know how to use a computer. I am a programmer. For 
goddamn years. That's right. Uh, so I'll make this one short and sweet and just hand it over to you because I thought your article today was awesome, spot on. I favor Moreno here. I realize it's a weird fight to cap because we've never been in a situation with a one one and one series. And my my one of my guys on Twitter, and I can't remember who, said, I have to bet yam bags here, and I'm not. Uh, we'll get to the yam bag bet coming up. Uh, of course, I'm going to tell you which it is. Yeah. It's not just because he goes, if it's yam bags, the rare one 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 and one quad, you know, quadrilogy. I'm like, oh man, I maybe out of principle, I have to. So I think this is the last time we see Figgy at this weight. I think he's going to move up. Uh, in all fairness, I, man, I just I feel like I, this is going to sound like such a weird thing to say, but Moreno having that one fight against Kaikara France, I, he looked great. But him, just the fact that he's been more active, like Figueroa has faced nobody but Moreno in in 19 years or whenever this thing started, and now at least Moreno, like he's you know, and look, and he he got away from the the whole Kraus camp, and and I know that's like that's like kind of a narrative factor here, but man, like you know Dale, you know Punchless MMA, my guy Dale. You got to know Dale. Not sure. Maybe if I see the handle and stuff, I'd, I'd recognize He's a man- Dale's a maniac, okay. too. But he said, it's weird that we all like Moreno because he plays with Legos and he's like, you know, just one of the guys. I'm like, or people just hate Figgy. And I think a lot of people are just like kind of don't like Figueredo. And I think also some of these people, 10% of them confuse him with his brother, who's probably cost them a lot of money against, uh, you know, the Iron <laughs> Chin, Melvin Gordon. You know, uh, but I just think Moreno, I feel like this is his weight class. I, I feel like he's, it was the, the Kaikara France fight, he showed, like, I, I just love his, like, fuck it style. I really do. I, I love the way Moreno fights, especially since coming, I mean, obviously, like, taking a little step away from the UFC and coming back. I love the way he fights. Figueredo, I kind of feel like we know what we're getting from him. There's not going to be any adjustments. Moreno is way more liable, especially changing camps, to have adjustments, to learn more from the previous trilogy. I think he gets it done. I, I, I don't know if he gets it done in the distance. He's, I, you know, you doubt it, but he's plus 300. I think it's good odds for a five-round fight where maybe he's got new tricks up his sleeve. But I favor Moreno here. I do have a bet on him. I have a sizable bet on him, too. I just... I, I I, and I got it right when the market moved and it went to minus 120. I'm like, I'm on it. I missed the boat getting it. I missed I missed a little bit of CLV, but it kind of made me feel so much better about my, my stance on it. I know what you mean. And you know what? To be honest, kind of like I said in my and breakdown. Ch- and check the chat, by the way. If I have to, like, get up and pee, which I do now, okay. check the chat so I don't have to say it on the video. No yeah. worries. No worries. Yeah. Apologies. 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 <laughs> I feel you there. Uh, the inside information. Let's see. Uh, Ghost Phantom says. Uh, by the way, that this is. Uh, I'll re- I'll repeat this here uh, uh, for, for 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 Lou, but I want to get these uh, shouts here done. Eddie Cha had the hardest time with him just because of Figgy's stance not being able to bounce in and out of range. Wow. Okay. And then uh, above again. This is just uh, you know. This is people from the internet, folks. This isn't me. Uh, you know, uh, sh- sharing this. We got Jared Curie says uh, word. Olivas and Santi and Santino said Figgy was both a complete menace as well as able to stay consistently focused. Okay, 
again, this is, uh, you know, who knows, right? This is just, this is just, uh, oh, we got, here we go. Here we go. We got, uh, I got to read it in uh, order there. And we got a uh, ghost fan originally said Figgy during drilling had a hard time focusing. They would be drilling single leg defense. He'd do it perfectly 9 out of 10, and then the 10th time, he'd roll for a heel hook. That sounds like Figgy for sure. Um, and I hate that, like, those kind of decisions paid off for him. When I, when I bet Alex Perez, who, you know, that was bad of me. Uh, we had, uh, he says, in 2021, Eddie, Cha, and Santino mainly focused on trying to keep Figgy focused because during sparring, he would just do crazy things. Sounds like Figgy. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's where that third message popped up that I read first, where uh, Ghost Phantom says Eddie Cha had the hardest time with him just because Figgy stance and not being able to bounce in and out of range. Hmm. So they didn't click, at the very least. At the very least. Uh, Lou, basically, they're just saying uh, coaches didn't click. I, I had my headphones on the whole time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm, a, I'm a professional. I'm you a are. Professional. You're the man. Ghost Phantom adds, uh, striking-wise, Cha had him strafing to Moreno's right to draw out the jab uh, and counter with calf kicks. I saw that. I saw that. I thought that was good. Um, the problem was getting Figgy to stay disciplined, he says. Not me. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, even though it was a good game plan and he rightfully won, in my opinion, in the first, I even or in the third, and I even scored the first fight for him for whatever that's worth. Um, you could also uh, throw pacing uh, criticisms toward his way as well as Moreno's, um, which again falls into discipline, right? And discipline's going to be huge for both. Obviously, defensive discipline, more specifically for Moreno with those leg kicks that we saw in the third fight. But that is interesting. Ghost Phantom says, Word, I'm just a random dude on the internet. You know, you know, you, you take that in the spirit that it's meant. You know, I love you, Ghost. I'm just, uh, you know, for all protections, I don't know. I don't know who's investigating who and whatnot. So I'm just trying to keep a, you know, uh, my butt and uh, and others safe, you know. Just, just we don't we don't need any uh, any any uh, you know inside. This is no insider training podcast uh, or anything like that. But hey, man, you know this is uh, you know you're free to type Call what you my want. One one nine hundred hotline for insider tips. Yep. If it seems like it's hot in here, it's just my picks. Ah, okay. And apparently they said it on their own pod. I know Santino DeFranco does his own. Picks and betting podcast. Oh, it's but great! Oh, they're they're hysterical. Are, are they going to be able to keep doing it with the thing that dropped today with the coaches not being able to? Uh... Well, they just tell you who they like to win the fight. They're not like, they're pretty fucking funny though. Nice, they're like, nice. They're 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 very funny. Like, and I leave is hysterical to me on Twitter. Like, he's a, he's ridiculous. Like, he's just he's just one of the guys. Like, he's just one of the guys that knows how to fight. But just one of the, he's one of the guys. See, they're both like they have good chemistry. Like they're a really funny pod. Nice, nice. I, I hear nothing but good things, and I, I definitely, you know, try to give uh, at least Santino, you know, shouts when I know, you know, Sahudo or Obadasin will get a lot of the credit. Fun fact: that Friday when all the crowd stuff dropped, it was about a half an hour before Monk and I went on the air. We go on at five thirty on Fridays. It's about a half an hour. I'm a little, I had some talent juice across the street at the bar, but Olivas, because I like to bust his balls, was in our chat. And I just sent him a link. I'm like, hey, man, you just want to come on and talk about all this? He's like, yeah. So he did the whole show with us, like, out of nowhere for, like, an hour. He was so cool to spend his time doing that. He had some really cool things to say. Uh, and then he gave, like, quick picks. And he's like, and, it, and if he trains with a guy, he's like, I can't. I won't pick the fight. Like, he, you know, he's like, nope, you know, whatever. But 
he he was good for him, man. He was cool. He was so cool to us. Like I appreciated what he did. Nice, yeah. It's 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 tough to do. So I'm I'm definitely not hating and and, and appreciating if anything. So, um, shouts to them. But uh, yes, uh, yeah. This fight, um, you know, I, I'm gonna wait until I don't know, man. Because part of me thinks like I officially picked uh, Moreno by decision, but like if Figueroa looks bad on the scale, like. Yeah, Maybe I go ITD, I go sprinkle that ITD prop. Yeah, or or sprinkle rounds three, four, and five because even we've seen sick sick Figueredo make it to round three still, and we've seen sick Figueredo arguably win the first fight still, right? So again, this guy's compromised, which is why I'm picking against him. But despite his winning conditions from a technical standpoint, he has to walk a fine line. Despite that he has to walk a fine line to get to the scale and a fight night healthy. Sure. The fact is, the madman can still win despite these things not going his way so we got we got we always have to admit that by the way you know if you're gonna do it you bet round five and not round four do you know why was that because round five pays more well that 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 definitely and that's a pro tip for free that that you know round five pays more than round four you know there are people of the school of thought that goes well if it goes round five it's probably gonna go uh the distance so instead of betting the over 4.5 if that was an angle you know that that seems like on paper maybe the safest angle maybe you just bet fight goes to the decision for a little better price which isn't that much of a better price by the way folks uh but you know there is that logic out there though there are guys like Tashira who despite should have the on paper advantage in later rounds the guy's been finished multiple times in the fifth round so and I still got a, a plan to share there. And again, not to be wishy-washy, but again, I'm going to wait for weigh-ins. Anything else on the co-main event before we move on? Nope. And okay. some of these fights coming up, I will have very, I will have about a 45-second breakdown. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll speed through a lot of these. I like, I like. I, you're reading my mind here, sir. You're reading my except mind. For, except for the Yambags fight, I will talk about that exhaustively. All right. Well, In there's going to great gonna... detail. Well, uh. We got some yam bags here. We got some. We got. We got some. Uh, or we got some. Uh, <laughs> we got some uh, old, older references here, Lou. Let's see. Let's see if you follow me on this one. I should have say. Um, how about Gilbert Burns at minus four sixty coming out at the press conference, looking like a, a looking like a Brazilian my buddy doll? Did he not? He, he definitely looked like like a G. Uh, that hair is is a thing. Uh, I have no bet on this. I won't even bet him submission. I would, you know, like this is the kind of fight I like these odds. I'd totally bet Magni split decision, but they're in Brazil. He he ain't getting he ain't getting any home cooking here. Uh, as a purist, like you're a purist, right? Sure. People that like don't aren't purist. Like I don't know that I'm a purist or not. I I love the sport. I've watched it for a long time, so I appreciate Magni. I know you appreciate Magni, the way he wins these fights just by like guile and craft like he's not knocking dudes out he's barely doing enough but like he finds ways and like i'm so impressed by that i'm I'm just i'm so impressed that his career like there's a there's a parallel universe where he's like two and nine but he just finds ways but i think burns is going to come at him hard in the first he may cardio dump but even if magni like his style just man judges hate his style and like I think Burns wins, but I, you can't get to minus 500 here. And and I know Magny's been finished a bunch, but, like, I'm talking Shavkat. Like, come on, dude. Shavkat's, like, I mean, I'm talking about, like, how much I like Yuri. I mean, dude, Shavkat's, like, going to be right there soon enough. 
I, I it's Burns probably wins by decision, but I, I don't I can't get to minus five hundred here. And in terms of like a technical breakdown, I'll leave that to you. Burns is gonna have I don't think Burns is wrestling is great, but if he gets top control, I don't think Magni gets out. But but I mean Burns kind of just likes swinging now, man. You know I think he just wants to get up there and swing and put on a show and and honestly if he does that. Can't Magni just, like, press him against the cage and, like, make this the grossest, ugly fight? Like, I don't think Magni should be plus 460 here or whatever, plus four in the plus 400 range. I think the line's really wide here. Yeah. And and it's based on the Kamzat fight, by the way. This line, if the Kamzat fight never happens, Burns is probably, like, minus 250 here. But that Kamzat, like, him, him, you know, no moral victories, you know, but that fight kind of is the reason, you know, I think, yeah, and being in Brazil. This site's in Vegas. Maybe it's not fine. But I, this line is crazy to me. How can you feel so good about minus 500 here? Yeah, it opened at minus 285, which I agree with more. Um, the inflation, you're, you're right. How much of that is from the the, 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 the come shot Shamaya fight, all, you know? All of, it, all of it is from that fight. Like Still got a little... percent maybe being in Brazil. But come on, man. Like That's disrespectful to Magni. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, it, it it is. But you know, if we took the black light, you'd probably be right, right? We took the black light to Burns. There'd be a lot of he'd be. We'd see the rub from Cumshot Shemayev on him, right? You know, so you're right. That probably does inflate the line. I will say, um, the wrestling doesn't worry me as much, and I guess I could see why from a stylistic point. Because even though I, I agree, um, Burns both statistically uh, is wrestling. You know, he's improved it, but statistically, it's not great, and. Uh, defensively he he's improved some fundamentals he was able to stop two takedowns from Woodley but Woodley not much of a takedown threat especially later in his career um Damian Maya went two for two but the positive takeaway there is Damian Maya has much better wrestling top wrestling control mat control um mat grappling jiu-jitsu however you want to classify the phases of grappling um the fact that Burns was able to create scrambles and not let those you know get to some quote-unquote bad positions for other people and uh, able to get free there. That was also in Brazil where he's won more than he's lost, even though he's lost at home. And Magni was lost there more than he's won, but he's also won there as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm not too much worried about the wrestling and, and the grinding. I don't think that's much uh, as much of a threat here. And I think that's why you see people hitting the gas on the line because you also see something that I, I saw with Magni where Daniel Rodriguez was not a fighter that uh, I should be picking against Magni, and I didn't. I believe I picked Magni, even though I took that week off. Um, but it was close, because I felt like Magni, you know, which makes sense, he's hitting the, with the 13-year mark as a pro. He's been fighting since 2010, and has a lot of miles. So, about the 10-year mark is one of fighters, really, you gotta start watching them. They could either be in their, their, their primes, right? Or between 10 to 13. Once they hit 14, for sure, they're definitely on the downfall. Even if they're, like, you know, Brazilian war horse, you gotta at least downgrade him a peg magni ton of miles year 13 and i've been seeing a lot of that and again back to cage positioning more importantly uh, magni doesn't mind putting his back to the fence and that's fine because he draws guys in who either clench him because they crowd their own strikes or he changes levels crowds into them and all of a sudden he doesn't have to fight to get him very far to the cage because a la tyron woodley he's been hanging out there the whole time the problem is is not only when you get a guy who can avoid that or makes you walk forward, like even a Max Griffin, who's not a great wrestler, but he made Magni walk, uh, walk forward, is that guys are getting better at striking Magni as well. Whether it's checking hooks, something Gilbert Burns has knocked Damian Maya out with, 
almost knocked out Kamshat Shemaev with it in round two. And then he also has leg kicks, which he mixes a healthy amount in, even in that Shemaev fight, where Shemaev was switching stances, fighting a lot from southpaw. Um, Burns doesn't really care what stance you're in. He will attack the lead leg. I think that's going to be great for Magny. But back to what you said, the prices suck. We've been priced out. And most of the houses, unless you were at a house that doesn't make you choose, Parker, choose, uh, like Willem Dafoe there, um, you know, the only bet I, 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 that was the best bet to me was like that plus 150 opener for inside the distance on Burns, you know. If you got any plus money on that, I think that was definitely the play. Now you have to choose between KO and sub. So what I, what I, what I might do, the only thing I'll do, Lou, is um, – I'm not a parlay guy. I hate parlays. I haven't parlayed in forever. But I'll tell you what. I've got a four-leg on pause here that equals plus money, and i got to finish researching a hey, leg and a half. But, boy. but y- 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 this could be a – because I don't like a lot on, on this a card John so Kelly's, far. A John Kelly special juice boy? Yeah, I, I could be putting four four chalky legs here, and, and Burns will be one of them. I, I, I think this is the kind of card where, like, I, look, man, I, if you want to get to, like, Almeida – like I almost think you kind of have to make a plug. Like, I have a juice boy already in. Yeah, I mean he's definitely so, someone that it. could be on there, but he doesn't give you too much value right now. But no, I actually made a four legs without him. That's plus money, but I could swap him in. Maybe still get plus money. We'll see where I end up. I'm not. It's, it's nothing official does it pay yet. More if you put him in, does it pay more? Uh, it'll it'll pay less if I swap him out for somebody because his his uh. But Dan, Tom, does yes. it pay more? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, we'll if see. It pays we'll, we'll more. See. I we'll love see. it. Uh, I don't like it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll now, you're, now you're learning. Now we'll, you're learning the language. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see where I end up on that one. But I get. I get. I get what you're saying. And uh, but you know another guilty guilty potential leg on that parlay. We'll see. I got to get get to this one. Obviously, I'm I'm leaning toward the favorite in Jessica Andrade, who is minus four ninety with the comeback on Lauren Murphy plus. 390, uh, 132. Anything on this fight, Lou? Yeah, is gonna fuck her up, man. Like, and I love Lauren Murphy, and I respect, I respect that she has hung around this sport, gotten some, like, weird wins that she didn't deserve, like Joanne Wood, just to name one. But, man, Andrade is just gonna... Anywhere this fight goes, you know what's funny is Murphy. Like, if this wasn't in Brazil again, like with Magni, I'm auto betting Murphy split decision because she wins weird split decisions. But I think she is going to get annihilated on the feet. If this hits the ground, she's going to get annihilated. I think Andrade gets her out of there. I think she's. I like her so much better at the same. Lo- her, I mean, her and Burns at the same money line, give or take a few pennies. I like Andrade so much more here. The skill level, anywhere this fight plays, the skill level is just so disparate. So, smash spot for Andrade. I don't love, again, I don't love these kind of juicy parlays. She's safe here. I She's very safe here. Yeah. Uh, what, what is Murphy going to do? Like, I, to survive? Like, if she survives, that's great. And, and Mike's MMA picks, my guy Mike, who never bets plus odds shit, bet her plus money in the distance. That should tell you everything you need to know. If he's betting a plus odds prop, that should tell you what you need to know. That's the best analysis they'll ever give you. He's betting a plus odds prop. Can you still get it at plus odds? And I, I don't know what Murphy's going to do, and I don't know what Andrade's going to do. That's why I want to look I at it. She would, 
I think she was plus 125. I'm looking right now because I got it up. On drive. But that, that's the, the thing is, I, plus, I uh, plus one plus one ten on DK. I won't say too much because I don't want to get myself too excited and uh, give myself some confirmation bias searching for a route because I see a number I like. But yeah, I got I, that's the that, that is the reason. But people, are like, why would you tape study on Drive Murphy? You know who's gonna win. First of all, shout out to my guy, striking coach Sean Madden, uh, uh, Muay Thai striking coach, working with I believe Lauren Murphy and others and stuff. So she's got a good camp with her. Uh, Lauren Murphy, super underrated. Uh, I've always been a kind of a low key fan of her, regardless if I'm picking her or not. So all respect in the world. But yeah, I want to I want to dive in to see uh, you know to see what you know if it's worth choosing Parker you know to, to, to try to find a method there. But you but it, it feels like Smash City for parlay purposes. So yes, she is one of the four in my potential. Again, folks, don't run to the bank off my th- off my potential um, parlay. And then really quickly touching back to something Ghost said. Uh, have you seen Gilbert Burns work the body? Yes, not as much as I'd like, but he does throw a nice body kick in open stance. He was spamming spamming that a bit in the Chimaev fight. But again, that was when Chimaev went southpaw. Magny doesn't go southpaw that much, so maybe we see even less body work, which is always a bad thing, right? So... Uh, Wanted to mention that, but yeah, I I got I got Andrade here that I'm I'm leaning toward. I wish I could say more, as far as w- w- where to lean to get specific. Um, I'll probably add something if I do. I respect Mike's MMA picks a lot, so that's a really good point there, Lou. Uh, but don't be surprised to see Andrade in parlays come Saturday. Mushroom. I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing something absolutely ridiculous. In all good, all good. What's up, Mushroom? What's going on? Good to see you, my man. Um. Hopefully the combat chronic guys got you uh, sorted out there. I think if you were the same one that uh, was, uh... I've dated I've dated a few girls that are Lauren Murphy in my life, and they are fantastic. <laughs> but it's short term. It's like all right, all right, all right, Barb Honchak, I gotta get out of here. Oh my god! Yeah, all she, right, Barb. She. I was gonna say. I was. I was. I was gonna say like Lauren Murphy looks like she parties, and then once I found out that she used to like be a heroin addict that party too much, I felt bad for making that joke generalization. Yeah. But I she, know. But she like, parties though, probably, right? That's like I don't do heroin. I never have in my life. But that's like probably Same. when I dated her. Sure. She's like you're. She's like you're very handsome. I'm like, yeah. You got a car. You got an apartment. Let's go. Let's go. Get it. We don't gotta go to my place. Let's go. Get it. Get go. it. All right. All right. Uh, I'm a. I'm a classy. I'm a classy guy. He's I classy, not trashy. I'm the bar tab. I'm classy. I'm paying for the tab. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go to classy Paul Craig, who's plus 160 underdog. Johnny Walker, minus 190. Um, I'm in the middle of taping this fight right now. And the only thing off the surface level I notice is that, obviously, when you get to, like, the Justin Ledets of the world, or, you know, I love Misha Serkin off to death, but uh, obviously, you know, that outcome, not crazy when it happened. Definitely not crazy the way it's aged. But after you get those stretch of fight, past those stretch of fights and more into Johnny Walker's recent block, you think that, okay, this fight, you stay off the ground and you keep it standing. But if you look at, since those fights for Johnny Walker, every fight that he's been able to stay grappling free, he's gotten, like, iced pretty much if you look at it in recent history, which is kind of funny. And, you know, as if Johnny Walker or this sport isn't volatile enough, um, basically, Lou, I'm going to throw it to you. I don't know where I'll end up, but I'm pretty confident to say regardless of what my pick will be, I feel like this is Dogger Pass territory. Am I crazy? Where are you at on this one, Lou? So, what's Walker's win condition? Either a flash knockout. Right. Or you worry that he will not go into the guard of Paul Craig. So, what you're saying is he's minus 190 to not do something stupid. 
how can I trust Johnny Walker at minus 190 to not do something stupid? He hasn't earned that with me. I, I don't. I can't say he's not going to have bad fight IQ and do something dumb. Paul Craig is, you know, I famously posted this the other day. My favorite stat: he's nine and two in fights he's lost. Like it's just it's that simple. I love that. He, so so the, here's the thing: Walker's like, I again I don't trust his fight IQ. He's just coming off a submission victory. Like, is he stupid enough to think he can do it again? Is he does he is he cocky enough to be like, oh, I'll go down, and I'll play on the ground with him, like no problem. I mean, Misha Serkinov was like murdering Paul Craig, and he still came out with a submission. Like, was murdering him. Right. Like they almost stopped it. And he's like, no. He's like, no, nah, don't stop it. I'm, I'm, I got him where I want him. I mean, I know Walker hits like a ton of bricks, but again, you mentioned like Justin Ledette, like. I mean, come on, man. Like, Craig's pretty tough. Like, again, Craig's a guy that got battered by, like, Jamal Hill and and somehow found a sub. Is Walker stupid enough to go to the ground? Yes, he is. I think he just bet the under as a parlay piece. It's minus 185. It's under one and a half. If this thing goes over one and a half, then, I, then I'm an idiot, I guess. But, like, it's either, like, I, I, I don't do prize picks. Like, I can't in Pennsylvania. But... I had to give a pick for the, the DFS show I did yesterday with the boys. And I had Walker under 21 and a half strikes or 22 and a half strikes because there's no world where he lands that many and it's not over. If he lands 20 strikes, he's knocked out Paul Craig. Or he was dumb enough to hit him once and go to the ground and he's dead. So, I mean, tapping out, uh, you know, the Hulk, the pride of Moldova, Mr. Kutiaba, is very different than then Paul Craig, whose literal win condition is you follow him to the ground. So, ironically enough, that's the first shoey bet I ever lost. Paul Shaughnessy is I had Paul Craig. I saw that. Craig. That was great. That was a great exchange. Shout well, to Paul well, Shag. well, I would I, I would argue it was not great. Well, not great for you, but, but you know, it was entertaining. I would, for everybody else, it was great. I would argue for me, it was it was very it, yes, not yes, great. true. Uh, so so it's, I like the under. I mean, if I have to pick a side, betting wise, I'd pick Craig. I kind of feel like Walker's gonna knock him out, and it won't. And the ground might not play, but I'm not betting Walker at two to one, Absol- like ever, yeah. ever. A- absolutely, and that's also why I like. Let's get the face with that again. If you get yeah. the face with that again, no problem. Yeah, no, and that's why I like the under two. Unfortunately, I missed the boat on the under, and I don't want to pay that chalky price. At least for me, folks, you know, doesn't mean you can't incorporate it or hit whatever you want to hit. Um, but maybe that'll be saving grace because there could be a weird fight too where we get, you know, again, this is SBG Johnny Walker, um, not exactly, you know, fight IQ and process there, right? Uh, as far as that goes. And, you know, so that he keeps camp it flo- terrible. And like, they got lucky. They got lucky. That's a terrible case. And they're trying to make him technical, which is the worst. And even Paul Craig's talking about that. Says so some really smart things in his, um, press conference actually Paul Craig did uh, as far as the dangers of you know making sure you're keeping with your style despite working your striking because Craig's working his striking too but he's always keeping his style and where his money is made in mind whereas Walker's like on the back foot not creating chaos not creating what brought him to the dance so if we get a weird fight and even if it is Paul Craig slop striking it's like he's going to be putting more output he's going to be putting again optics went back to the optics even if it's not the most leveraging or the pretty strikes Sometimes optics in these close, icky fights uh, can be the biggest difference. And I know that if he doesn't get knocked out in the process, Craig will be doing more in that weird uh, Twilight Zone world where this fight goes over, right? Um, so 
part of me just wants to hit the Craig money line, which is why I think it's dog or pass. Uh, I know I'm setting myself up for a partial confirmation bias. I try to compartmentalize these things. Um, and that's also why I try to be like OCD my process early in the week and like put blinders on folks to try to avoid that as much as possible. But again, bias or no bias, bet, no bet. I, 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 I don't see how you, you can justify a shot on Walker, even if that's who you're picking to win the fight, you know, especially at chalky, uh, chalky odds. So don't be surprised if you both see a pick and a straight just money line play. Um, for Paul Craig, you know, it's only at this point, it's only like a dollar more for, for my sub. Uh, I would honestly just the weirdness of the fight, the fact that you'd already be on a dog hypothetically, I would just kick for coverage and take the money line. If you're, if you're looking at Craig and props to you guys, if you got a good under, cause if you got a good line for the under that, that's, that's not a bad bet either. You're not going to say his name, right? If we're doing accents, Paul Craig, Paul Craig, Paul nothing Craig. can outrun a grease. Nothing can outrun a grease Scotsman. Paul Craig. Oh, I Ah, there you go. That's right. Grease me up, woman. Oh, no, no, Willie. Yeah, Willie. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. My first lot of My first thing to do is mad is to kill the whole lot of you. I know the mic's on. You know, every every Italian in my family that's never going to watch this is going to be like, what the fuck are you doing with all these accents, dude? Like, stick to, like, Italian shit, bro. Stick to Italian shit. Yeah, this guy. Or like, went, stick to Italian shit, or, or Macho Man Randy Savage. Like, stick to that. I went light on Jamal, by the way. Which, by the way, when when Jamal Hill fought Scottish Paul Craig, like the finding foresters was was crazy, you know. And sure enough, once uh, once once you go to the once you go to the floor with Craig, it's bolt the door if you're coming in. I like this. Uh, I like this rain saying all these uh, absurd names in chat. I gave a little bit of the Macho Man glasses. Dig it. Nice. Oh, yeah. Macho Man's got a Macho alimony payment. Um, <laughs> sorry. Dan, Dan, Dan Tom's having a cup of coffee in the big time. Hey, does Macho Man want to field some questions while I run to the little boys' room? Because I am also old and have a terrible No, but letter. what's the next fight? I will give you uh, the Kick next us into the next fight. Yeah, actually, that's good. Uh, um, I didn't take this one. I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off and throw to Lou with an intro and a stat. Tiago Moises, minus 365, headline of the prelims. Uh, Mel Quizel Costa, probably mispronounced the name, plus 300. I actually maybe would consider, like, a round one play on him if he was, like, not taking this fight on short notice. Because uh, he's a southpaw, and Tiago Moises is one and two against southpaws, where that one victory was against Michael Johnson, where he was losing until he got an opportunistic sub. Also got tooled by southpaw Robert Watley on the regionals. So I almost wait for southpaws to fade Tiago Moises, but I'm probably not here and haven't um, researched enough to know how good Costa is. Thoughts, Lou, as I uh, will be back, folks. Melba Toast. Fargo is going to. Uh... As I don't love, and he like, I sound like, I feel like I'm hearing a rainstorm right now. Uh, I don't love Moises in general as a guy I bet, but I am not impressed with Costa at all. I think Costa is sort of the better striker here, which makes me like the Moises round one sub so much more because he ain't going to fuck around the feet. He'd be like, I got to get to the ground immediately. I think outside of Costa landing something in the first minute of this fight, Moises takes him down, subs him. It's plus 380 round one sub. It's not a terrible bet. Like, odds-wise, plus 380 is pretty nice for a first-round sub. But I just nothing about Costa that, that, to me, is impressive. And I'm just pulling up. I'm pulling up where, uh, where Mel's Fargo here has fought. And uh, I think we went out of order a little bit, according to... Did we? I, I, it's all yeah, good. A little bit. I, 
Well, that's all right. But I, I'm just, I'm not impressed with this ground game at all. And I, like I said this when you were gone, I, I think that Moises knows Costa, his only path is striking, that he's probably a better striker. And that's going to make him not even fuck around on the feet. He's just going to take it to the ground immediately. And he's going to have a massive advantage. I mm -hmm. love fading Chicago Moises. Not here. And it's round one sub at plus 380. If you just want to even be safer and go in the distance, it's even money. On short notice, I think Moises gets him out of there. Like, no problem. So, I don't, I don't like doing MMA math, like, if I can avoid it. But I think I think Giagos is better than Costa. And Giagos had a full camp, I believe. Yeah. Like, I, I think Moises just takes to the ground for first 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's all through. That's true. I gave Yagos much more credit despite also picking against him. And Moise has passed that with flying colors. But it's just so hard to back him because he's opportunistic. He doesn't um, kind of force his opportunities and make them happen, which is like one of those analyst pet peeves. And then from the whole personal gaming, gambling juju, like I just never have a great feeling on him. So like I'm not going to pick Costa and I'm not going to bet Costa. But at the same time, like... Moises, for example, not that I'm saying he won't come through and you should stay over or anything. Like, there's plenty of good angles that Lou just listed. But for example, for what it's worth, in my hypothetical parlay that I probably won't play, but I have lined up here, he is not one of the four names because I don't, I can't, I can't trust him, man. I, I don't, I've never trusted him, and and uh, um, I was right when I was wrong on times like Johnson, and then got proven right on other times I backed him and missed the boat to fade. So I'm in that weird spot with Moises. So I'll, I'll probably just pick him and stay away. Um, all right, next one at least I'm going from best fight odds, but is this the one that's probably supposed to headline the prelims? Ehor Pateria minus two hundred five versus Mauricio Shogun Hua. Oh yeah, plus one seventy five. By the way, Shogun Hua, you could argue this multiple different ways with this series with Machida alone, um, but uh, he is officially five and four against UFC level southpaws. Pateria uh, is a southpaw. I don't know how UFC level. I mean, he is UFC level for what we're working with today. He's athletic. He's pretty athletic, from what I can remember. Um, I got his grading the winners thing pulled up, but I don't remember what I wrote about him. Do you have any thoughts, plays, anything on this fight, Lou? Oh well, this is the main event for plays because this is your yam bag special of the card. And anybody watching this has never seen it before. A, shame on you. But B, yam bag special is I am betting on a point deduction in this fight. It's twenty to one odds. You can get them on DraftKings and Betway which use the same odds provider. I don't know any other sites to do them. It's a cultural phenomenon. Yambag culture has completely taken over Twitter. It's only a matter of time before one of my tweets gets on air about somebody getting a nut shot. So why do I like it here? There actually is a science to this, and there, this checks two boxes. It's lefty versus righty. It's southpaw orthodox, so the stances are more open. More prone to leg kicks hitting somebody in, in the sands tactically and number two, it checks the box of the favorite being an ungifted fighter. I don't think Pateria... Pateria is not good. Right, right. He's no. very raw. And I'm not even taking into account the Negrumanu fight, like, where Negrumanu had the threat of wrestling and, like, does have power. Even on the regionals, man. This guy's... You know, we taped him, and it's like... It's so hard to find his tape. It's, like, shot 8 millimeter in, a like, a Ukrainian basement where, like, there's literally, like... I, like, there may be, like, a Russian roulette game next door in some of this tape. Like, you just don't know. His striking is really raw. He's got some power, but he's facing guys that are 0-1-1. Like, he's facing bums. Meanwhile, Shogun, you know, much respect, but he said he's retiring. I feel like he's shot. I feel like this fight won't take that long. 
But when the favorite is unskilled, if who is just backing up, backing up, and I feel like anything Victoria does that's weird here, like his fingers being extended, like and getting two warnings, or any shot he lands that's even like he could hit him in like the bottom of the stomach and like it could you know he could sell it like a yambag shot i think they'll be looking for any reason to fuck this dude over and like and also i I have no better option on the card so i I, i'm not gonna bet it out of respect to who i victoria probably gets him out of there it's minus 125 in the distance i i would need better price than that for a guy who i think's a bum make me pay minus odds for a bet like that I'm, i'm not interested but I'm interested in plus 2,000 that Hua probably gets fouled. And then maybe he wins like a 28-26 based on repeated fouls. And we all go home happy. He retires <laughs> with a win based on repeated nut shots. And uh, we're good to go. So, Yambag special for me here. No bet. Gun to my head. I guess Pretoria. Like, younger, more power. And who is seems shot, but... There's no reason to break this one down because Pretoria, like, I don't know what he does well other than throw straight punches that are hard. <laughs> I don't know that he has no grappling, so I yeah. don't know what he does well. I'm just hoping this fight goes over and looks ugly, but uh, everyone, all the fights, the money seem to be coming in on the unders. But regardless of a bet or pick, I'm definitely going to be rooting for the Yambag special. So thank you for giving us something to root for, Lou. Um, let's let's push through these uh, fast. It's we're, who we're, I am. It's what I do. We're getting to the two-hour mark, so we'll push these fast. We got Hobocop next, baby. Hobocop. He goes town to town, racially profiling people in trouble. He's part of the Bolsonaro <laughs> favela initiative. Look at yes. him. And he's probably packing heat in multiple ways. But he is minus 305 here. We got Bruno Fajeda stepping in on semi-short notice. Uh, Peter Weller's my dude. Who? What's that? Peter Weller. The Peter Weller, guy. that's right. Peter Weller, that's right. That's my right, guy, Peter man. Weller. Dead or alive, you're coming. With... What would be the line be on Gregory Rodriguez versus Kurtwood Smith if we just, like, switched up those worlds, you know? We just... <laughs> that RoboCop well, versus Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith now? Yes. Now or... Or like thirty years ago. I mean, I don't know if you're really getting that much. Well, Kurt Smith's I mean, like ninety now. So yeah. Like, so, so what's the He's line? 90. I would take I would take seventy two year old dude Peter Kurt. Weller. He's got to be like even at seventy two. He's like minus four thousand over ninety year old <laughs> Kurtwood Smith. Like, it blows me away that like Kurtwood Smith. We, but was by like, the way, we, I mean, I'm I'm happy we, if we want to do a show where we handicap shit like this. Yes. I am. Yes, yes, let's do it. By the way, I love how I'm like, hey, let's speed up, Lou, as we, as we dive into a Kurtwood Smith diatribe on an MMA betting podcast. Because, you know, that's relevant. That's, that's, that's bringing the numbers. But, by the way, I love that Kurtwood Smith was in his 70s when they started filming that 70s show. That just always blew me away. But, yeah. Um, I will take Hobocop here. I want to look at this fight a little more because Fajeda, uh Dunbar's number, I wrote him up, and I don't remember him because there's just too many things to remember when you're in this space and you actually try to do your due diligence it's tough the brain only holds so much but he is a judo uh black belt uh judo been doing judo for like 20 years since he was four been doing jujitsu for 16 years i didn't see a jujitsu rank but i gotta imagine it's pretty high what i'm trying to say is that i don't i think you could take submission off the table hobo cop likes to strike um and it's gonna come down to you know do, do you think hobo cop ah, if, if, don't if, be so you know it, you know really well, i don't know so you like you like Bruno Fajeda in this spot? You like Bruno Fajeda in this spot? No, I'm saying don't take the sub off the table. I 
I would say so because he's thick and like thick guys are easier to sub. But at the same time, like the guy's specialty is grappling, and part of me and 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 Hobo Cop is reluctant to go to his grappling. He'll go to it once with a sweet throw and a submission, and then if that doesn't hit, he'll just kind of like go back into kill mode and 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 whatnot um, as he does. But uh, I'm definitely gonna be leaning toward Hobo Cop. I don't know if or how um, I'm gonna play him. Uh, or if he'll end up in that uh, mythical four-leg parlay that I'm trying to put together for plus money. So he's minus 190 in the distance now, which is like crazy. It jumped. It was minus 165 when I got it. So I mentioned something earlier in the show that I am reluctant to take an in-the-distance prop against an undefeated regional fighter. Okay. I am making an exception here because Julian Marquez was like an unstoppable tank, and Rodriguez just absolutely blasted him into the shadow realm and as tough as Marquez is the iron turtle and Rodriguez just came back and battled adversity and knocked him out if you're going to take Bruno here if you're going to take the shot on him his round one KO prop is like bananas the last time I looked at it it's like nine to one I Mm -hmm. mean let me. I'm looking right now. Uh, wins in round one is plus six hundred, but the KO was. It's eight. It's eight hundred, nine hundred on Fanduel. I mean, that's his win condition. He's coming in on short notice, and let's be honest. I love me some some G Rod. We all do. He gets into trouble every fight, and he gets into trouble early. Cheaty. I don't have to repeat what Cheaty did to him, but even but Iron Turtle had him in trouble. Trojan had him in, like I mean he gets into trouble in the first round like Marquez he didn't I mean, he just what he did to Marquez was like just insane but he can battle adversity so I think if you like Bruno here take the shot in round one KO plus 900 but a G-Rod's gonna get this done in the first two rounds like and DraftKings may have a decent number on that I'm gonna look it up right now what the what the round one round two combo is as, as a good way because I mean it's, I don't know if it's yeah. really much cheaper than round three but it, uh, it's always worth a look I like those winner two winner grouper rounds is nah it's minus 175 you're not saving any any money there but I think I think Rodriguez just annihilates him and I haven't thrown this out yet so I'll just I'll, I'll pivot okay. something different for your content for those of you that are watching that play DFS I feel like he's going to be one of the lower owned guys in that 9k range because everybody's going to want to own Almeida and everybody's going to want to own... But I think, like, the guys near him salary-wise are, like, Cody Stamen, who's not going to... I don't think he's going to win a decision... Uh, get a finish here. Like, Walker's kind of close to his salary range. I like Rodriguez. And and if Rodriguez... Last point on this. If Rodriguez finds this is getting hairy on the feet, I know he hasn't shown a predilection right. to want to go to grappling a lot, but he did so against John Young Park when it got hairy... There's no reason he can't hear, and if he does, I think that sub's live. Like, I don't know that I'm going to bet it. It's going to be one of these, like, am I 5-1 and one for the night? Do I feel like... Because his sub prop, I think, is plus 280. It's almost 300. It's interesting. I mean, it, it's it's hard to say because we haven't seen, like... I mean, he's facing an undefeated guy, so we don't know. We don't really know that the takedown defense... We don't really know, like... If he's like I just mentioned, I don't know if he's tough enough to survive submissions. Maybe he is, but Girod's legit, man. He's legit on the ground. He just doesn't like. He's just, he's just in love with his hands at this point. And but I think the sub's going to be live. 
And look, the Brazilian crowd's going to eat it up if he just starts doing jiu-jitsu, and you know it too. Yep, I, I think so too. Uh, let's uh, let's push forward because I want to get to my, my two favorites. Of course, is Hobo Cop and the Jail Man. But between that is a fight I have no opinion on. Uh, uh, Gabriel Bonfi minus one sixty five. Munir Lizes haven't got to it. No, no, no. If I will, Lizes plus one forty. Any thoughts on this, Lou? I got I got a bet on Lizes at uh, plus one fifty five. I don't have a strong take on it. I just I don't like betting Bonfim here as a favorite in his debut at home. I think Lizes. I don't love Lizes, but his takedown defense good enough to keep it standing. And I like his length. I like the way he uses it. And he's shown that. 15 minutes is no problem for him. He never gets tired. I think Lizez can just kind of, kind of. I mean, this is going to be the one I get screwed on because of the judging, but I think he can just kind of outpoint him and win the minutes. I could see that. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised to see the the more experienced guy, um, you know, uh, as cook, a dog money. Cook. But uh, home cook, home cooking. That's why the line's the way it is. We'll see. Uh, next one I'm excited about. Speaking of cooking, we got the J- Jailton Almeida, the Jailman. Jailman, baby. He's staying at heavyweight. You know why, Lou? Because the Jailman loves going to pound town. And at heavyweight, there's more cushion yeah. for the pushing. So, you know, no, you know, Jailman, Jailman's going to – and he, he doesn't discriminate, too. I mean, you want to talk about, you know – uh, you know, your, your rough wake-ups and you're waking up to someone after a rough bender. I mean, Jailman's looking to pound out dirty, dirty, sweaty uh, Doggy Randy, Dagestani Randy Couture. I mean, you know, a uh, uh, big, hairy Dagestani guy, you know, looks a little rough. Jailman doesn't care. He's still going to try to go to Pound Town. All right, now that I'm getting way too excited about this, what are your thoughts? I mean, he did try to go to Pound Town with the Pleasure Man. So, I mean, there's that. Jailman and Pleasure Man. How perfect uh, is that? I mean, I don't know how you bet this. Like, in the distance is minus five. Like, is he gonna win? Like, is he gonna win in the distance? Yeah. If you look, if you're cool throwing five hundred fifty bucks or whatever, you know, if you're if you're cool trying to get a minor profit off this fight, it's safe. I mean, he's gonna murder. And like, let's be honest, I'm not sure this fight's gonna happen. None of us are. But I wouldn't even bet him in the distance. Just bet the under one and a half because if this thing goes past seven and a half minutes, we all deserve to lose. But this should be a round one smash spot. Even round one's minus 250 here. I think the last time I saw a round one line that high was like, it might have been Romanoff Sherman or it might have been like Taffa Huntsucker, but like, you, I, these, these, that's a tough bet to make. Like, yeah. Because weird shit can happen, but I think he's going to just, I mean, I like, what, what analysis do you want? He's going to, he's going to prison love story him. Yeah. In, the, in round one is, is the analysis. I will say this, obviously, both from his bio to his interviews to his record, he prefers submissions over punching, and that's reflected in the betting line, right? Uh, and you got to be a super degenerate to really go hunting and just to take stabs to take stabs. But I will say, not just to be contrarian, not just because I believe it's the only place to get plus money to choose, Parker, but if you do choose a KO prop, a jail man going to pound town, I think that's good because a lot of these guys, like Parker Porter, say what you will, like the guy at least had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, he at least tried. Shamil Abdurahimov, back to the previous Wushu Sanda point, someone was talking about it's wrestling with takedowns, this and that. It is. You, you do have takedowns off of kicks, off of clinches, and just off of your strikes in general. But there's no real mat grappling. So Wushu Sanda fighters like Shamil Abdurahimov, a guy who I've been researching early, back on my pen and paper, like 2014 days, folks. Almost a decade ago, I've been taking notes on this guy who only fights once a year. Um, he doesn't do much on the ground offensively. And that became really apparent for the first time I studied him ahead of his Timothy Johnson fight. And in that fight, you look, and I'm going to rewatch these fights to see how much he moves. But once he gets on his back, whether it's it's a knockdown like Chris Dawkins 
or uh, Tim Johnson to take down off the fence. He is like a, a you know a, a cow tipped over. He can't do anything. Like he, he he's not even going to turtle to give his neck. Now Jailman also loves some head and arm chokes, so I think that's going to be the most likely submission if he submits him. But I honestly he think he takes him down, mounts him, and just pounds him out from top. And if you can get plus money, um, I don't know, man. Like I'm not trying to encourage super degenerate. It, you know, uh, I'm usually the guy that's like, just because it's a big favorite, don't automatically go hunt inside the distance. Well, you gotta, gotta get creative. You gotta get creative. You gotta get creative to make money on them. You yeah, have to get creative if you want to try to make like a pl- get. You know. Yeah, or, or take take this if you got like a, a house that allows you to do method and round. See what the round one KO prop is because even round one by itself, I think, is like minus two fifty. It's way or, too chalky. Or or if yep. you want to get super ballsy, take a poke on round two. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, that is ballsy. I I don't know if Doggy Randy can uh can uh can can he, can survive. He can't. But... He, he can't. But if you wanted to take a flyer on a plus odds prop, I mean that's that's you're gonna get like I mean I don't know what his round two is. It's got to be banana land here. But uh, I'm I'm just saying if you wanted to get creative and find a way to make money on it, then like Almeida round two plus six fifty on DraftKings. It's six hundred on FanDuel. Other books have them at like plus four hundred, but yeah. plus six fifty, maybe that maybe not worth it for the worst five minutes of your betting life. I it, it, w- w- whether I play that KO or not, I may put the the, the jailman KO in my round robin if I can't find any other quote unquote sexy things. If you want to Shamil consider never that sexy, been subbed. he's never been subbed, so you know, yeah. Is I, he, I just he, worry that the threat of the sub, he might be like, fuck this. Like, when he gets on the ground, he just. I, my thing is, he just covers up. Now, if he covers up, he, you know, you can sneak in the head and arm and sink in. But I, I feel like he just he gives it up before guys can even sub him if they wanted to. The guy just falls he's apart also, on the mat. He also knows the score here and that he's being led to the pasture. Yeah, he's just there to, for a check. I'm saying is if, if Jelton even like get like when he gets him down because he's going to. It might be like even the threat of the sub, like just the arm near him. He's like, "Fuck this, I'll take my money and like get the hell out of here." I'm in my forties, like I don't need this shit. I don't need to get. I don't need to be on top. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so like, I'd worry about that. Yeah, sure. You know, but a part of me wants Almeida to just punch him for five minutes, and then like with one second left, the ref's like, "All right." Like ah right nothing right to see. right yep nothing to see here yeah 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 we get the uh, we get the Kerry Hatley treatment from uh, from 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 last weekend um, <laughs> but but maybe not too early because we want the you want the round two if you're gonna be contrarian there no I'm, I I don't really believe round two is gonna hit okay I'm okay saying, okay yeah you yeah. want to get creative yes, like I guess yeah. that's the way to do it, but all right let, let's push on uh, Cody Stamen minus three sixty five Luan Lacerda plus three hundred uh, just in short I'll say that Stamen is 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 one of the guys I'm looking at for uh, that mythical four leg for plus money. Um, I, I want to look a little bit for myself, but uh, I stayed a little light and teased this as far as my scouting report. I stayed a little light on Brazilians um, because uh, my guy, one of my favorite analysts in the game, one of the best analysts in the game, Ryan Wag, uh, A. Sistema, or whatever the hell his handle is these days, uh, he just released a, uh, an interesting Nova and Yao Prospect Watch article, and he actually covered Luan Lacerda in there and talks about his game very thoroughly, more in-depth even than your boy gets to get on his uh, long-winded articles. So definitely worth a check out if that's your thing. But 
summation, uh, he doesn't have the necessarily the wrestling perhaps to get him to the higher levels to make his jujitsu work. And against Stamen, that's going to be tough. Stamen's really good. You know, he doesn't get a lot of finishes, so he gets a bad rap. But when you go back and look at like him grappling for grappling and wrestling for wrestling and Aljo in that fight that he lost. He actually puts up a pretty good account for himself and uh, really looks to be finally finding his win. Got that confidence after that long winless streak, losing his brother, the pandemic. You got to, you know, taking fights at short notice, up at 45. There's a lot of context you got to have when going back to look at Cody Stamen's record there. Anyways, I'm not going to stress too much to, to see how he does it. Maybe if I have enough time to look at this fight, something will pop out. Uh, but I'm going to be mainly looking at it for a potential parlay attack. Anything on this one, Luke? Nah, I mean, he's safe here. I, I don't love Lacerda's... Uh, he, he's, his entries going for submissions and takedowns like won't work here. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. at all. And and I, if it's the, every second this stays on the feet, Stamen has a huge advantage. And I'm not even like high on Stamen. He is so much better there. His, I think his takedown defense is going to hold up here fine. I don't like Lacerda's cardio. I don't really like anything about him, to be honest with you. Like, I think... But this is another crazy line. He's a very safe parlay piece. I did see some people that were like, oh, I'll take a poke on the under at, like, plus 205 here. Yeah, I'm not interested in that either, man. Stamen's not that kind of guy. And Stamen's decision, probably all right, but, like, even that number is, like, it's it's juice to the tits. I'm yeah. no interest in it. Yeah. But, he's just, I think, but I think he's a very safe parlay piece. I'll tell you one that seems to be, I, I don't know if it is, uh, Lou, I, I'm, I'm out of touch with the uh, Twitter fight of the week for the gambling Twitter, whatever they're arguing about, and usually I just, I, I I end up hating that fight or end up hating that people are arguing about it because it's usually like a fight that's like super volatile, it's like why are you guys going life or death on a side here, uh, is my usual opinions, but this feels like uh, Ishmael Bonfim plus 105, Terrence McKinney minus 125, I feel like this is the fight where Twitter's like, it, maybe, maybe they're not, maybe no one even gives a shit about this fight, but... This feels like a fight everybody people cares. Be everybody cares about. Okay. Everybody cares about this fight. Okay, I feel like this is gonna have strong opinions. I didn't get to it yet, so I don't have a strong opinion, unfortunately, for you guys. Do you have one on this fight, Lou? I, uh, I'm going against McKinney here. I, I'm gonna play Ismail Bonfim. I his takedown defense is pretty good, and he's good at like separating distance. Look, what do you have to do to beat McKinney? You have to survive three to four minutes. I think that's what you have to do. He cardio dumps. He and he's in his own head, man. Like McKinney, just like look his his wins in the UFC, the Frivola win. Look, man, that's if they fought ten times, Frivola wins eight of them. Like Frivola's just a better fighter. The Farris Ziam fight, like come on, man, that's not a great win. Like Ghost Pepper is not UFC caliber. And then he lost to Dober. I know he took the fight on short notice, but like. And, you know, the talk of Twitter is, but he cracked him. And it's like, okay, Dober has terrible striking defense. Right. Like, yeah, he's got a tough chin, but Dober gets cracked a lot. Like, Rafael Alves, like, cracked him a lot. And I don't think he, I don't grade him very highly either. I like what I see from, from Bomfim here. I think he, and his takedown defense is going to hold up because I think that's the big difference here. I don't think McKinney's going to one-shot him. And I think it's going to stay at range for the first couple minutes. And I have a play on Bonfim round two at plus 600 because it pays more, of course. And uh, the under one and a half is like minus 235. But I feel like that under is like really based on McKinney round one. Like, like you'd rather if don't take the under, just take McKinney round one. If you really if, you, if that's how you think the fight plays out, take him round one. 
Like under minus under one and a half minus two thirty five is is you can't. Like you can't even take it for Almeida really, but like he's gonna like murder him. It's a little different. Like this is that's a that's a line that's minus one thousand. Like that there's a very clear way that's gonna happen. This one I think it's super super competitive. You're not getting a great line on Bonfim. Plus one oh five is like okay. So I'll say this. Wait for a live bet spot if you can. If McKinney gets, even if he just gets tired for like the last 30 seconds, you might get Bonfim at plus 300 here after round one. And if it, if it gets out of the first, you have to like him. You have to like anybody against McKinney at this point after round one. He hasn't shown, he hasn't shown enough to me that he's, that he's a guy that can fight. Yeah. And maybe this is where he wins by going to decision, like, you know, and, and breaks me, but. Right. And also just one last thing about DFS here again. McKinney's probably going to be owned by like 60% of the field because of his salary. Like he's going to be like a crazily owned play. If you play bond theme and he wins and he gets a finish, that's the kind of lineup that wins you a hundred thousand dollars, like going contrarian, being overweight to a guy that like to the field. It, it, it's a, it's look, you're going to be shitting your pants, like watching it, but he comes through and all of a sudden you've just eliminated so much of the field to get to the big money. Totally, so totally. I like that play a lot, and I don't want like my friend Evan Zucker in chat because we're in the we're in Gordo's Iron Man competition, so I don't want him taking all these pointers from me, <laughs> my lineups. But uh, but I but like you have to go contrarian a little bit to win, and this is a great guy to do it with finishing upside. Yeah, so, I I hear what you're saying, and generally from the dynamic, I prefer the guy that's gonna you know survive the storm. That's where I usually bet and pick, and my analysis is definitely more geared to. You know, um, and I did rate the Bonfim brothers fairly okay. I believe this Bonfim brother. I didn't go back yet to read yet, folks. There's just so much to get to. I, I will, um, but I'm pretty sure I rated this brother even higher. So I'll probably be, you know, I don't know if I'll be laying my money or what lines I'll get by the time you know my ass gets to it. But uh, I don't hate any of that. And knowing me, and and y'all knowing me, and how I kind of break down fights, uh, I'll probably end up leaning more toward the Bonfim side as well. Um, Next fight here. Let me pull this and pull that in. Where the hell are we? Uh, Nicholas Dalby, Southpaw fault line, plus 105. No Southpaw and Warley Alves, 211, 212, eh, 211. Uh, minus 125 on Alves. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really got a too strong of opinion on this fight. Uh, regardless of who I pick, I'll be rooting for Dalby. Um, but uh, this is kind of one of those similar things where can you survive the storm? That being said, I don't know if Dalby can. And, uh, you know, as he gets older, he's not super athletic. Whereas for all the things that I pick on and cash my big buying Barbarina tickets back in the day, baby, when no one was on him against Worley Alves, uh, for all the negative stuff I could say about Alves, you know, the dude's an athlete. He's explosive. He provides the damage, whether he hits cleanly or not, that judges respond to. Plus the whole crowd responding to it and yada yada, home cooking yada, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'll probably end up picking Alves, but we'll be definitely rooting for Dalby regardless of what I end up picking. Any thoughts here, Lou? I bet the split decision in this fight <laughs> with, with crazy odds because here's how I think the fight goes. Okay. Alves wins round one. Dalby wins round three, okay. and round two will be fuckery. Yes, yes. Where yeah. where Dalby probably wins the round, and two the judges give it to Alves because of the first thirty seconds of the round. Uh, yeah, Dalby. Like I know his reputation is that he's pretty durable, but like man, he's almost forty. Like, yeah. You know, and and Alves is 
like I mean, he's so explosive. He hits like a like a brick. Like I mean, his fists are like hitting like a by brick. Yep. But I can't trust him, so yeah. I can't get to him. Yeah. Even at minus one twenty. Look, he shouldn't be minus one twenty five here. He should probably be a bigger line, and that's telling you everything you need to know. Yeah. Because skill, yes. because skill for skill, he's he's a way better fighter than Dobby. Yeah. But Dobby's but durability. I mean, like the whole reason he's not a bigger favorite is durability. So, I'll pick Alves for the sake of having a pick. No bet here except the, the bullshit split decision at like eleven hundred plus eleven for each guy. Yeah, I I love that by the way. And usually I'd be with Mushroom here in the chat, who is Dobby round three decision, or at least he's suggesting that because I love those bets. And this is the exact dynamic Mushroom where that's where you look at that. So you know I I don't hate that. I just you know maybe it's a bit of the old sadness hedge to borrow a phrase from Heavy Hands, who I'll be on next week what, recapping what, this card. What, 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 sorry, plus 650 for the split. Each guy is plus nice. 1,100. Nice. Let's keep blowing through this. Um, Josiana Nunes minus 540. That is a stupid line. Zara Farron plus 420. That being said, uh, I'm picking Nunes here. I looked at a bit of Farron for the Southpaw report. I just got to go back and refresh myself on Nunes, who I think I had a pretty good beat on. Uh, I know she gets crap for not finishing Ramona Pascal, but Ramona Pascal... For whatever you can say, positive or negative, she's a big, athletic, durable girl. It was hard to get out of there. And that should have been something that should have been apparent before that fight. So that didn't surprise me. And even though I didn't go look at it, that was one of those classic calls that really irked me because I had to play on the round prop. And it would have exponentially 10x my round robin hits that already came through that night when I had Nunez round two. And we could have had a a nice uh, stoppage there. I didn't go rewatch it to see if it was as horrendous as, I, as my bias ass remembers on fight night, but I do remember for what it's worth. I did seem to have a pretty good beat on Nunes for all her faults and obvious shortcomings. Pardon the pun. That being said, uh, the n- number is, is ridiculous. Will it still, could it still, uh, could it still maybe qualify itself and contend for the fourth leg to make a plus money? It could, it could. Will it? I don't know. And it probably shouldn't. I'm just thinking out loud and being honest with you guys. I haven't researched this fight. I can just tell you that I'll probably pick Nunez, and regardless of what I play or not play, that's just a that's just a dumb money line. Um, I know Farron's trading with Figueredo, but I don't think that'll make much of a difference. Again, all props to the older fighters, but her sample size getting in this late in the game at 39, she's already a slow mover. She's not really like explosive or has a lot of initiative or urgency, which you're going to need for that reach and to catch Nunez. Mm, I think it's going to be overhands to the jaw. Uh, give me Nunez. Uh, she stopped Ramona Pasquale, by the way. Just she did. The okay, so I, stop it. Okay, cool. I'm not the just being biased. Stop it, but but that fight should have been stopped multiple times. Yes, multiple thank you, thank you, thank you. That's not going to be a problem here because at least with Pasquale, she did have some grappling upside. Like she got takedowns with like 45 seconds left, you know, in a couple of rounds. But survive, yeah, right. But but this is a very different situation. Like I don't I don't think Zara Farron's very good. I realized that, like, the last two times she got finished in the UFC by Spencer and by Megan Anderson, there was a grappling threat, and there won't be here. Mm-hmm. But, my God, does Nunez hit hard. So I have, I already have a plan in the distance. I think, I think, you know, the, the second coming of Joe Benavides gets it done here, like, knocks out, you know, this is going to be a smash spot. You think the line's crazy? I know it's women's MMA. I don't even think this this line should be wider. Yeah. Like, okay. I think there's, oh yeah. This is yeah. This is gonna be a 15 minute standing fight against somebody who hasn't fought. When's the last time she fought? Three years ago, right? Well, I, I don't. I feel less crazy for having her as a consideration for uh, the final leg as of the chalky it's stupid three, parlay. <laughs> three. I mean, it's been three years. Three years since Farron fought, 
and she's fighting somebody who like she's being thrown to the slaughter here, man. Like they, they just have to have a fight at 145 for reasons I don't understand, but uh, contract you know, Nunez, man, it's just it's contract season. That, that's Nunez, it, Nunez, is gonna, Nunez is just gonna like it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Much yeah. like the Pasquale fight was, it's yes. going to get uncomfortable. It's going to get very uncomfortable, absolutely. But they're, they're going to call it. There's la- no way she's. Are they any better? Last thing, Nunes trains with an actual Brazilian camp too, and it Astro Fight team, so she has like actual male and female training partners. Whereas Farron has impressive male training partners, but she just moved there across the ocean. And Team Figueiredo, like we were alluding to, um, they just kind of just got established. Uh, so who knows who she's even really getting to train with over there uh lastly but not leastly simon simon brah simon is good in this weather brah uh simon Oliveira 145 daniel marcos plus 125 shouts to my grading the winners uh sheets that i that i write and those of you who reference it because those of you who were on your reference game earlier than my ass this week which is most of you um and you know but uh someone pointed out to me that i actually called for this matchup and sure enough uh, the matchmakers made it hey look at that maybe they read it sometimes who knows Made, made sense, though. Not a lot to draw from at this weight class, I guess, right? At least currently. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have a strong opinion. They're both Muay Thai-like fighters. I know Simon Oliveira will drop for the ghillie, but he's not facing a wrestler in Marcos. Again, this guy's another guy who loves the art of eight limbs. I just feel like Simon is not just the more experienced guy, but the better guy off the top of my mind. Keep in mind, I didn't go back to rewatch this fight. Not sure if I will. Not sure if I'll play it, but leaning toward the favorite. Any thoughts here, Lou? I am on the other side. I do have a track bet on Marcos, uh, and the market is moving toward him as well. Okay. I, so Simon Oliveira's only move is the DDT. Like he gets <laughs> taken down, and he's literally trying to grab a DDT, and he calls it a guillotine, but it's it's a DDT. This fight's not going to hit the ground. If it hits the ground, it's, it's it would be Marcos dictating it. The problem here is that the only tape we have on Marcos that's legit is his contender series fight because we didn't see him for three years, and what he did in the contender series was – 100% different than his tape. But I was impressed with what I saw in his 15 minutes. And I'm going to bring up a quick point about another reason I like him here so much. Um, my guy Aaron and I talked about this today on the prop show is that a lot of these Brazilian guys during COVID, they went away. They just spent their time building up, learning, and then they became so different in their tape. Natalia Silva is a perfect example. She came in against Jacuta Vicious. She looked nothing like her tape. Yeah. She's just blasting her on the feet. And then she fought uh, Blada, I believe, the girl from the Contender Series, and knocked her out in the third. She, she's a whole different fighter. The, the, what I'm saying is the tape is mm-hmm. doesn't belie what they are now. The tape's outdated. I don't know what Marcus' potential is, but like, and you could say, ah, his cardio didn't look great in the third round, but he was throwing a lot of heavy strikes, and like Davis was just so tough in that fight. So... I, I favor Marcos here. I'm going with the market. I, I do think he's going to land the way more impressive strikes. I don't know that he gets Oliveira out of there. Oliveira's never been knocked out, never been finished. So I'm not keen. But it is interesting to me that his KO prop is plus 300 and his decision prop is plus 450. So there's something that I don't understand where even the market's saying him by KO is the most likely outcome in this fight. So give wow. me Marcos, and I'm and I'm excited to see his growth. Because I do think his striking is pretty explosive, and I'm just really not impressed with Oliveira. Even his Jose Aldi fight in the tennis series, I, like I'm not impressed with him. Right. Now, well, I'm, I'll definitely, definitely root for you there. I'll, I'll, I'm curious now. I'm more curious to research this fight after listening to you, listening to you talk about it. I, I've been bad this whole time. I didn't mention um, at all as we're going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, 
I didn't do any Amazon reads this this, this, this time, folks. Um, but uh, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, you can find Amazon and on it click throughs. You just click through the link, um, and at no extra you know click or purchase uh, or, or or cost, you can support this here show. Whatever you do purchase, percentage of that small one will be kicked back to this here program. Free show. I don't even have a Patreon, uh, so th- th- this stuff really helps, folks. Um, one man show here. And uh, also got a secure PayPal link, both in my link tree at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter, as well as uh, mixedmarshallanalyst.com. Again, my website that hosts this year program, the Protect Connect podcast. So be sure to give a like. Something else I forgot to say throughout this video: uh, like, subscribe if, you, if you're feeling if you're feeling froggy, um, and uh, you know share at the PYM podcast. Tag on all social platforms. It, it really does help. And if you're listening in the future, future, future. On Apple Podcasts, uh, five-star ratings and reviews definitely help. Still working on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all that, but honestly, I'm probably going to have to just pay someone to convert my library over and trust them with passwords. If you sound like the man or woman for that job, feel free to DM me. Um, it's, I, it, it, it's, it's silly. I should be able to do it myself, but uh, I wouldn't uh, ask anybody to do anything for free, so... If you want to maybe help and earn some ducats, get at me for that. Um, and lastly but not leastly, this this channel and video is monetized. So you can do super chat stuff, even though, as you see, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to discriminate. I'm still going to read re- whether or not you tip or not. Uh, but there's also a thing called super thanks, which I guess I qualify for. So like, even if you're watching this video after it's gone live and you still want to tip and you missed the chat, you can still uh, tip and it goes directly to this show. Or if you want to make... You want to earn it, Point Dexter? Come on, Asian Bill Burr, you got to earn it. Okay, fine. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, if, if I do actually help you guys hit some picks and then you still think of me and want to come back and do it post tense, that's always fine too. And if you don't want to give anything at all, that's totally cool. Times are tough. There's not a lot of money to give. So, you guys being here is just appreciative. You sharing it out at the PYN podcast is really super appreciative. Now, before I recap picks and plays and kick it over to Lou to uh, give his last shots before we get out of there, um, Lou, is there anything left on the breakdown that we missed that you want to touch back on, anything that we left out? There is not. <laughs> My man. Thank you, Mushroom. Great show and great, greater guest. It was a great guest. Thank you, Lou. I'm really bad about it. I actually love so many of you guys. I'm just really, as Lou can attest to now, and many others can see, uh, I... I I'm just got a lot on me. I'm trying to trying to get to what I can. I'm just really bad at many things. So it is completely my bad. My intention is to link up with as many of these fine people as I can. I don't get to do it enough. So the fact that you guys like Mushroom out there and the rest of you in the chat are showing your appreciation to me, showing love and respect to my guest, Lou. Give him a follow, at Lou Betya. Uh, it honestly means the world. So I'm going to recap my picks and plays uh, before we get out. But before before I do that, Lou, any, any last things you want to shout before we get out of here, bud? Floor is no, yours. man, thank, thank you for having me. Uh, I only drank two beers. I'm very proud of myself. I can save them for the NFL show that I'm yeah. doing in, 20, in 27 minutes with my guy Wiz. Uh, I also cap soccer. If you follow me and you just feel like if you really want to gamble and it's like 10 in the morning on a Saturday, I got you. Yeah. Like, the best I can tell you is like, I got you. Uh, I'm looking forward to this card. And Dan, I look forward to us doing the prop show on our channel. I do a prop show every week called yeah, Props to Consider and Then Maybe Bet. Uh, it's fun. Plug the channel. MMA Engine. It's got uh, Monk Petition and I, yep. uh, Uncle Wheezy, and Brady, DFS by the numbers. We're all doing hard work on there. Stats, DFS, gambling, and uh, normal, like all sorts of crazy shit that comes into my head. 
that Brady lets me do without having a heart attack since he, you know, is like my uh, my monitor, my hall monitor. But, <laughs> but that's it. And uh, we're, we're fun. I'm not a boring account. That's all I can tell you. You are not, man. I'm, I'm so glad we got to do this. I can't wait to definitely do your not a, show. I'm not the smartest guy, but definitely not boring. Well, that's, I don't think that's why I, – I don't, I don't think that, that, that's the appeal for uh, many of us, sir. But, no, you do fantastic stuff. I'm, I'm so glad we finally got the link up. I'm excited to do more on your show, uh, to get on that prop show coming soon, folks. I'll plug that on my timeline and share that, of course, as well. Going to recap uh, the picks and plays and get out of here on a record-long show. But that's what happens when you got a party, man, some, some uh, fights to talk about, good peeps. It All is right. a 15-fight card. It is ridiculous. Top, top to bottom – Taking this is just me, by the way. Uh, I'll do my best to timestamp, and if Lou wants to shout a recap, he can he can uh, jump behind me on this uh, this train, so to speak. Phrasing taking <laughs> to Shara Overhill, Jamel taking uh, my buddy doll over uh, Neil Magnum Magmi Magni. Wow, Jesus, man! Taking Jessica Andrade over Lauren Murphy, taking. I almost said Johnny Walker. Taking Paul Craig over Johnny Walker. Blue? Black? On the map? Taking... They are all, they are all good. They are all Blue good. Blue and black are, they they are, are both delicious. Good. They're both delicious. Taking Mile Kualala Weasel. I just fucked up that name. I'm sorry. Let me at least try to pronounce it respectfully. Mel- Melbatoth. Melbatoth. <laughs> Costa. Uh, no, I'm not taking Costa. I'm taking Moist. Taking Moist over Costa. Um... Oh man, I'll probably sadden his hedge maybe and take Bateria over Shogun. Just check my um, check my uh, picks and plays at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day. Um, who did you take in that fight, Lou? Did you take Shogun? I know you had the yam bags, but who did you take? Bateria, Shogun. That's I, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, right. I said gun to my head. I have to take Bateria here. But we're all rooting for the yam bags for that fight, so don't, rooting, don't get I, it twisted. I'm not betting it, but I, it's a gun to my head. I'd pick. Him. Okay, all I right. can't bet a guy who said he's retiring. True, like true, can't. true. True. Root for the yambags, though, folks. Taking Hobo Cop, baby. Going town to town, racially profiling those in trouble over Fajeda. Taking, um, I don't know if I'm taking Lazez or bon- or Gabriel Bonfim. Uh, check me on, at Dan Tom and me on fight day. Oh, you know I'm taking the jail man, baby. Not in the uh, painful way, thank God. But uh, as far as a pick goes, yes. Taking the jail man over Doggy Randy, Shabdil Abdurahimov. Taking uh, Stamen over Lacerda. Taking... Well, we'll see. I'll probably leaning toward Bonfim over McKinney. We'll see where I end up there. Um, probably leaning in a sadness hedge-wise, Alves over Dalby, but rooting for y'all betting the split, rooting for Dalby's, rooting for dog monies. Uh, taking Nunez over Farron. We'll see if she makes it into a chalky-ass parlay, if I even do one. And taking, well, we'll see. We'll see. Leaning Simon Bra over Marcos, but after hearing Lou's breakdown, I want to jump into that fight and see for myself. So you can see where I end up on fight day. At Dan Tom MMA, where I post my picks and plays. Lou, anything to add to that? I nope. And oh. uh, that's it. I got All nothing. right, I got nothing too, man. This was a great show. Thank you guys for uh, joining. Uh, check the timestamps. Share. Have fun. Stay safe. Uh, you know, uh, watch out for weird neighbors offering you popsicles in their cellar. And always protect your bag. Protect your bags. That's right. Protect your yam bags, and always protect. And- your neck.